Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 31st of January 2021. And hope again, as always, that you're still hanging in there through the chaos and the madness and and the insane asylum that's become the planet. Not by chance, of course, but, but uh, by design <laughs> and by lots of planning because we're living through the, the biggest the truly the biggest psychodrama I think we've had in history. All wars, for instance, uh, have much more to do with the building up of wars than you're ever told in the history books, at least in the, in the time. If, if you live through it at that particular time in history, a hundred years later they'll tell you all the added things they didn't bother to tell the previous generation that went through it of how things were built up and designed and how countries wanted to get into wars and things like that for for long-term goals and agendas, which they never tell the public at the time. They always tell you that it's something very simple. You know, a bad man over there rattled his sabre and we rattled ours and the war started and nonsense like that. It takes years to plan wars and, again, uh, just like today, you have, you've always had what they call a deep state today. That's a modern terminology for it. For those that really manage the world on behalf of the masters, the dominant minority that, that basically own it. And uh, I've been through these talks many times in the past, dominant minorities and, and the helping group of professionals and scientific group that manages on behalf, they manage on all on behalf of the dominant minority, as Aldous Huxley talked about, and others too. And so they tell you, as I say, the simple fairy stories for wars and causes of wars and so on. We truly live through lies our whole life long, and, and all kinds of areas, in fact. It's like unemployment levels. So you, you, you've always been through it in every country. And statistics, you know, like FDR said, there are lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. Because with statistics, managing all kinds of problems in order to explain the problems through deception, that they're fantastic for deceiving the public. They're roughly well done, and lots of cons involved. And again, as I say, you can, you can get degrees in areas like that that deal with, with statistics, etc. Because government uses departments of statistics, statistics all the time in all kinds of areas. You see, to tell you with the best healthcare system in the world, you've got the best financial system in the world, stats prove blah, 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 and stats prove that unemployment's down this, you know, all, all this nonsense as you juggle the unemployed onto welfare rules, and then on, onto to retraining rules, temporary retraining rules, and then back onto the door again. Uh, this has been going on your whole life long. You, you live through such deception, uh, and again, if it wasn't for all the massive entertainment we get, people would have more time to, to think and, and complain about it. Uh, so it's a great thing uh, that you get. The more, the more you're deceived, in fact, and the, the worse things become, the more entertainment you get, really cheap entertainment. That's not by chance. You know? Especially when you see that the billions of dollars that the governments have used in our tax money to support mainstream media that used to be called newspapers at one time. Uh, and now they have their sites instead of having the actual paper itself. It's the same company, same corporations, owned by the same moguls, which, which are really maintained by the government. Because no one reads them anymore, except for crisis. Uh, the, the COVID, uh, the COVID uh, agenda is awfully good for creating crisis and folk dive into the papers to try to find out 
what uh, what's going on, you see. And they're deceived even more, naturally, because they're all on board with the same one agenda. And so it doesn't matter what you look up. You'll, you'll find all kinds of authorships, but you'll see the same handouts given to the press. They're just, just the same, exactly the same ones handed out by governments, and it's printed straight into newspapers, or the WHO, for that matter, or one of the many organizations that uh, is owned and funded by Bill Gates, as an example. Because uh, that, that's how you buy. You buy news. You, you create it. You create it by by owning the companies that put it out. It's quite simple, isn't it? And uh, but the public again, they lose their, their sensibilities through fear and a terror campaign, a campaign of terror upon the people through media propaganda and you, by by using behavioural insights teams and psychologists and the sage units that already gave handouts to the journalists last year. Remember which were printed in the newspapers, and some newspapers by the journalists who were given these handouts by the team that was to advise them on how to put stories across to the public, and they were told to ex- exaggerate the stories, you know, give bad news, etc., in order to create anxiety, to raise anxiety within the population so that the people would comply. It's not astonishing. Your, your tax money funds this kind of stuff. Do you think it just suddenly stopped? It didn't stop, it's got worse. And that's what you're living through, it's a big agenda, because the whole world is to be changed by this agenda. They couldn't get the Martians from space to invade us to bring us all together, like you know Ronald Reagan used to quip about sometimes in his speeches. And uh, they used to give you, again, stat- statistics of how many times he, s- he mentioned that in his speeches. If only we're invaded from an outside force, you know. We'd all have to come together to fight it. The whole world would be in peace, unified to fight something else rather than fight each other. And you had the same thing with Mackenzie King in Canada, who said it in the 1940s. Uh, same exact same. I had it, I got it here somewhere. It's actually a newspaper clip from the time that someone sent me. It's not a copy of this actual actual one. When you said the same, this has been an old agenda. You understand? And over and over, you have the same thing cropping up. If only, if only, if only. Then you had the movies, like the day the earth stood still and the marching or whoever it was came from outer space to see who did they want to see? Scientists of the United Nations, the UN, the, the ones who were supposed to be there to create world government, you see. That was the idea of it. And, um, and lots more like that, too, since then, in fact, on the same theme. They give up all your sovereignty and join together under a global structure, which was set up by the same structure, like the, the Milner Group that became the Rolling Chief for International Affairs. So it's, it's also part of the CFR branch. They're, they're, they belong to the, the main one in Britain. And all the other names that have changed over the years, to include the one in Canada, which had changed again not too long ago. As soon as you get to know their names, <laughs> they keep changing them, eh? Like Will of the Wisps, it's the same organizations. And, and also they have ones for the Pacific region as well, and the Far Eastern Pacific region, all lumped together for trading blocks. They gave us the free trade agreements. They set up China, they set up the European Union. The members of the CFR openly boasted about drafting up all the legislation and working furiously towards it for the unification of Europe under a single governmental system. That was the whole plan of it. They wanted to do the same thing in Canada, starting with the Free Trade Agreement and the NAFTA Agreement and this USMCA Agreement today. It's all the same agreement. 
with intention of uh, unification with a singular type parliamentary system. And of course, that, that's what held up before, that the, the U.S. still wanted a, its own government, really. And uh, then talk about Fortress America. Well, we'd have to come together under a singular structure to, for the defense of the whole of the continent because of 9-11. That's what they tried then, Fortress America. And that kind of flopped as well because the U.S. still had a strong governmental sovereignty system. At least the people had. And that's waning now. So that'll bring its head up again shortly. To, to push the same agenda now that the U.S. appears to be weakened, you see. And I've said before, the U.S. really doesn't have too much to do now except to finish up a few countries on the list that was published in the 90s by the PNAC group and republished again a few times since then. And they want all those countries taken out, naturally. So it's going to be interesting to watch it all happen. And uh, and once your, your usefulness is over, believe you me, you will be left. You'll be wrung out like a sponge and left with a massive debt and you'll fall backwards. And I've no doubt at all that's what, that's what the, the COVID agenda is going to accomplish as well. Because you're supposedly, even though money is all a joke, it's beyond a joke and it's a farce. Eh? Special, magical people are brought in. They can go a different way of counting than anybody else to manage the U.S. Federal Reserve and every other country's central banking system. And you really think you're going to pay off all this mass, this trillions and trillions of dollars that doesn't even exist, but they just put blips in the screen and that's put into your account and that's it for the bank, for the country. But you really think you're going to pay all this back? It's not expected you could ever pay it back, even if it's possible. You could never do it, actually. Uh, they'll never allow it to happen, because debt is a form of control. You understand that much, right? That's what really its main purpose is. Enriching those that lend it is only secondary, but power comes from lending the cash out in the first place, being the boss. Because you now have the power, as, as governments come to you to borrow more and more and more, you have the power to sink them overnight if they don't comply with your demands. And it's always social change demands that they want. So again, you're, you're living through a fiction. We can only go through this fictional existence with the incredible indoctrination we get, starting with your parents, who were indoctrinated before you. And who think that's the whole, the, 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 everything's exists the way it is because it's natural and real, etc. They really believe that, most of them. And I also have had personal experience uh, walking up against invisible walls that shouldn't be there in, the, in your imaginary existence. But the walls appear very quickly, they jump up like, like gates coming, like big bars coming up from the ground as soon as you, you, you break one little taboo, uh, knowingly or unknowingly. And suddenly you can't go any further in that direction, basically. You'll get warned off at the very least. And that's how the world really works. You have no idea across the planet how many millions of people are employed to observe you and monitor you and manipulate you. Every country's got banks and banks and banks of these behavioral insights teams, characters with, the, with their behavioral degrees and sociology and psychology and all for social change, you see. Manipulated change, desirable change, always for the, for the, they're always put under the guise of the, for the public good, right? And you, but you still vote and you think you're, it's just incredible how well it works, you know. Really, isn't it? 
the people keep voting and voting and voting for the same system that obviously has leaders that don't run for election. The leaders decide who's going to get in. And they just swap them around every so often. We'll give you these guys this time and these guys the next time and so on and so on. But the same main agendas continue. And right now, of course, you see with Biden getting back in and and uh, at least being the puppet for a while before Kamala takes over, because that's the whole point of bringing him in. She could never have gone in her own anyway. Neither could he, actually. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter who they put in front of you. And, but they're on board now, but the, and they'll obey their masters, these supposed leaders. They'll, they'll obey their masters and get the wars all going. You see it all getting ramped up already for the, the continuation of where they kind of didn't leave off, but at least they, they, they quieted it down a little bit, you know, across uh, Syria and Iran and different countries. But they're, they're, they're right on track again. They're bang on target as we continue the same same agenda. And if Trump had, if it was his job, if he'd been told, look, this is, this is your job, Donald, you know, make sure these wars continue. And if he did that, he'd, be, he'd have been fine. But the, the, the elite masters themselves had them play a different role, you see, because, you see, they want a massive change. And you've got to first disillusion the people, win them over to follow somebody, then disillusion them completely. So you're disillusioned with the system, and you will put up with a more totalitarian, authoritarian system. And that's what this is all about right now. You, you can't have COVID coming out, as I said last year. And to this year, you can't have it coming out uh, uh, with really uh, massive exaggerated uh, death counts and so on, when everyone's been lumped in with it across the planet. And so many top scientists and medical professionals now be coming out, giving completely contrary facts of what's observed in hospitals by themselves and in laboratories, etc. You can't have that all happening. And being totally ignored with, uh, and the complete destruction of everyone's economy, that's the big one, right? Which is a wartime scenario. You destroy the economy of your enemy, and you flatten them, and you've got them on their knees. Huh? And then you rebuild again, the kind of rebuilding back better. This is the whole agenda for the 21st century, the whole century getting rammed through quickly. Not just 2015 part and 2030 part and so on, 2045 part. This is much, much more getting ran through quickly under a wartime scenario, using COVID as the front. And so they're, they're not going to let go and, and back off because of it. They're not going to do it. I said that last year. But you can't have all that happening at the same time as you were having Black Lives Matter and Antifa going through the U.S. cities with their leaders, well-trained leaders, burning places down and looting and all that. You can't have that all happening in the same year. Huh? Doesn't happen like that. It really doesn't. And nothing is allowed to happen without the master's consent at the top. In fact, even with by their order, in fact. Doesn't happen otherwise. Believe you me, you're not living in a system that the sporadic things just happen by them. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. The top... Intelligence leaders, you call them leaders, they're almost like CEOs of companies, really. That's essentially what they are. And the U.S. and Britain and other countries all came out, Israel too, all came out at 9-11, and they said it's impossible, it's impossible to pull off what happened on 9-11 without leaving an incredible 
electronic trail through chat and all the rest of it, all the techniques are used to. And everything is monitored, has been monitored completely, even before they signed the deal in 1995 to monitor the Americas. Everybody in the Americas is completely monitored by back doors into their phones. That meant even landline phones and everything else. And fax machines and photocopy, everything was equipped with back doors into them, etc. But they, they all, said, all these leaders said, you know, you, you, they couldn't have planned all this, chatted amongst themselves and got away without every intelligence agency at the top really inv- knowing all about it. You can't, it cannot be done. It isn't just the chat that they get. They get there's indications of movements of certain things. By movements, if, a, if a, even five people come together from another country and then they start training to be pilots in your country, yeah. And then those same pilots end up taking off the same day. That stuff's all monitored. You wouldn't believe how incredibly well monitored we all are. So, as I say, uh, that's what happened then. It was the same thing with COVID and everything else. Everything is so incredibly, it's even better monitored now, which is part of the whole idea. They couldn't bring the whole, the whole 100% surveillance on society, even with the Patriot Act, etc., that to made the, that gave the permission of all agencies to spy upon patriotic Americans. <laughs> I guess what they call it, patriot act, right? But now he's the second half of it, as I've said so many times before. Is this is the the full the full way now? So now you, it's not just terrorism. It's all. It's, you could be a potential spreader. So therefore, you be classed as a terrorist. You know, you might spread something as they inject people with a, an experimental... It's not really a vaccine, it's definitely a, a biochemical agent, a biochemical agent, basically, designed to alter the people who get it, yeah, at least their genetic makeup in certain areas and so on. So, yeah, you, you, you believe in me, you, you can't make history... Uh, this, this is not the, the 19th or, or, you know, or the 18th century where you could mount an attack on, say, a country with a few ships, sail into a harbour and blow up a whole bunch of the enemy's ships resting at the harbour and get away with it, do it in the middle of the night. And just, oh, yeah. this, no, today, everything is so surveilled, everything. And the equipment is, is, is fantastic, not just the satellites too. The rays of, of, of uh, fail-safe systems to monitor if something sneaks through, another system grabs it. So it it's just it's pretty well perfect. So we're living through an agenda. An agenda is to, to go into complete sustainability. They said it in the climate meeting in 2019. But no one was listening to them. Everybody had lost interest in their nonsense. And that's how folk were describing, well, it's just this nonsense again, and, and they lost interest. But, but everything, they'd, they'd pinned everything, their whole agenda for implementing laws for reduced consumption, for the elimination of energy sources, that's gas, oil, everything. Because all these things are, are, are conducive to keeping folk alive, and, and when folk are alive and healthy, and they've got work and all that, they, can, they tend to hitch up and get married and have children, eh? You can't have that. That's the enemy, you see, is, is this, this breeding idea. You see, all you folk breeding willy-nilly, they say. 
they mentioned at the meeting quite a few times, and then the, the final again in 2019, that they, they, they re- recycled the idea of getting permits for the decide who should get married, who would be allowed to get married and have children. You better take these things seriously, and you didn't, you see. So they said we'd have to do something more drastic because people weren't listening. So bingo, COVID comes out before the, the end of that year. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidence again. You don't get these coincidences. You really don't. It probably took, I would say, quite a few years to plan, absolutely, definitely plan, uh, and not just practice the tabletop exercises starting with 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation and, and the Johns Hopkins, all the way up to CLADEX and, and Event 201 and so on. It took years to plan it, but, but years also to, to find out how to get the structure ready for it, all the structure to manage it. That means also profession, batteries and batteries of professionals in every country. And I would talk about professional psychologists and behaviorists, manipulators of the people's minds, who also generally work with, with psych units for military department of defense. They, they do use the, they're on the color revolutions. They put out the false information that gets everybody fighting with everybody else and spying on each other in different countries in color revolutions. You've watched it happen here recently. But also it's the same units that deal with making up um, all the propaganda to do with COVID and how it, could, how it terrified the public. Terror is what they do. And that's what most of these units are for, for creating terror in other nations. They're getting used... These professionals are getting used to create terror within your country. You're paying for all. And you still will go and vote. And still, you'll still say you're free. It's just amazing. It really is amazing that folk can't catch on to this and get fed up with it at the very least. And, and keep going out. And they'll keep voting again, you know. They really will. You, you can't help most people. Because their indoctrination has been so perfect, really. And there is such a thing as perfect indoctrination. And it does work with most people. I remember years ago reading about weaponry. And it was all military documentation, but it was to do with weaponry of all kinds. And biowarfare, too, was mentioned in it. But weaponry is designed generally generally to take out the most people in a, 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 one foul swoop, one foul swoop. Is, I always say foul, I think foul is a good way of expressing it, but they say foul. Because it is foul, isn't it? And it's underhanded and it's generally surprise type, stealth type strike. Especially the quiet weapons, you know, or silent weapons for quiet wars. Because then, you, then the perpetrators who's ever released a bioweapon as an example, and knowingly they won't kill everybody. Generally, there's nothing really that put out this so far that we know of that can kill everybody. Because there's always people with different genetic makeups, so somehow be able, or different gene types, or pairs of particular genes occasionally that make them resistant to something naturally. But as long as they get the majority of the people crippled, disabled, or dead, they're quite happy with it. That's what actually pretty well that sums up what they say in their manuals. That's what they're designed to do. And that's what the military is for. You know, there's many ways to cripple people or kill them or maim them, maim them. 
So you've got to really go into it and, and understand what's going on. So bioweaponry is a big part of their arsenal. It has been for a long time. And um, we knew there was something happening maybe 10, 15 years ago. We knew when they closed down certain old established bioweapon testing facility bases with other labs and so on, such as Plum Island off, in, in, off New York. And they sold it off, apparently, the whole island. I don't know what happened there. It was auctioned off, but they moved. They mentioned the fact they were building all these level, level th- uh, three, bio-level three and four labs across the states, inside the states proper instead. And everybody kind of thought, what on earth would you do that for? Because the whole idea, if you get a release, uh, an accidental release, then you, you, you would keep it as far away from the mainland as possible. But no, they... They wanted to have them on the mainland. Uh, this is just amazing stuff that was going on. But everybody forgets so quickly. But it's almost like preparation for what was to come. Because when you, when you look again at 9-11, and I've read the articles that came out of the meetings and hearings after 9-11, and the talks by Rumsfeld and, and Cheney and all the rest of them uh, that were involved in so-called running the country at the time, where they actually said that, uh, that everything was on the table to get, go after enemies, including the use of bioweapons, uh, bio that that was an acceptable part of the arsenal. They, they would be on the table to be used if necessary. Well, don't you think for a second that other nations that, that you set your sights on aren't doing exactly the same kind of scenarios and uh, they, they don't have all their bioweapons facilities? Of course they do, you know. And so it came to China, I mean, China, in their own writings, uh, and speeches by some of their own generals have said the same thing, that they would, they would use bioweaponry on the U.S. if need be. One of the generals actually said, you know, again, the article was released quite recently, but he, he said he was giving a speech in front of the troops, and, or to the troops, and he said that uh, it would probably have to be used if your enemy is tactically superior because they're more advanced and more, more copious equipment. And therefore, it's a cheaper way to go for a, a country that doesn't have the same ability to attack, you know, for, for a amount of aircraft or whatever it happens to be, the timer missiles, you name it. They would definitely use bioweaponry. And we know, again, that every country's been involved in what they call race-specific bioweapons, they're meant to target genetic types through racial differences or racial genotypes. Uh, so that, yeah, every country out there has, has been big in that level too. So you have no idea. Again, as most folk know, they don't. They, don't, they can tell you all about the who's sleeping with who in Hollywood, you know, and who was in this movie and that this TV drama. But this is your life. You understand that you're supposed to know about things that are really happening that matter. But most folk haven't got a clue. They've gone through their lives like, like children. And that's exactly what they said in their writings in their 40s. And we'll create people who are perpetual children. And you have them today. It's not their fault. They didn't know. They're being trained and indoctrinated like this. Because, again, they trust their government, see? These wonderful systems. No, I don't care. 
kind of government you would have, not that you could change it, because you do have a dominant minority. Hmm? But supposing just wishful th- and wishful thinking here that you could change it, really. Like the anarchists think they can just change something by blowing things up and destroying. And one, as I mentioned before, it's in a book now of a woman in their country who was was raised as an anarchist. Really. And she, she came to the same conclusion. She became very unpopular amongst her, her own group because she mentioned we're all we're taught to do and all we think of is blowing things up and destroying. We never give a thought about rebuilding anything. And that's the truth of it. And personally, I think it wouldn't matter as if humans are humans. Whoever takes over and rebuilds it and gives you... Uh, I don't care how, how well-intentioned they are and honest they are at the start. And no time I talk, before a generation is out, they're, they're corrupt again. They're getting their own children into positions of power and, and uh, good-paying jobs for life over the public. And and, and next generation, they're just, their noses are up in the air and, uh, and they're ordering you around instead of just serving you. That's human nature. It's rather sad, you know. Rather sad. But the folk never catch on to. They always think, we keep voting these. Why would you vote in lying psychopaths time and time again? Who again are just actors. They're just actors, folks. They are. They can't run anything to save themselves. The bureaucrats, the lifelong Bureaucrats, they, 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 their whole life is in employment in certain branches of government and civil service. They know what their departments do. And when politicians are appointed over them as ministers of this, they rely upon the ones who know what they're talking about to draft up their speeches because they haven't got a clue how it runs. How, how would some petty politician suddenly get put in, in charge of, of the Department of Health or something? They haven't got a clue. They're just fronts, you know. And they are psychopaths. The, the, dangerous, the danger with psychopaths, really, is that they have no real conscience. They really don't. They feel anxiety up when, the, when they themselves are threatened in some way or another. And their, their cushy existence. But they have no problem serving masters. They'll, they'll demand horrific things be done to the public. They have no problem with that at all. I don't care what country it is, by the way. That's what psychopaths do. Psychopaths are, have been well studied, and regimes have been well studied. And the psychopaths that run totalitarian regimes worship the, 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 the rank above themselves, worship them, and they're brutal to the ones just beneath them. This is, it's, it's, all, it's like being kicked down the steps. You kick, someone kicks you, it's higher than you, and then you kick the one below you. And they, they, that's the psychopath that runs in, in bureaucracy and in governmental positions. And all their speeches are written for them. You'll never really know what they're really like, except through body language and their expressions and so on. But uh, their, their speeches are written for them, and they do what they're told and get well paid for it. Why do you think they're so well paid for, 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 for doing nothing? Huh? Why do you think that? Why do you think in the U.S. they get, they allow them to in the Congress to use the, the tips they get? Or the government's going to invest so much in this country over there in this particular area, water development, or some kind of 
um, industry and said, well, meaning, meaning that the taxpayers in the U.S. are going to fund it into existence like a public-private enterprise. The public pays for it uh, through their tax money and the corporations end up with the profits. You know, They end up owning it. So they get the insider trading deals and they're allowed to do it in the U.S. I remember when they changed it, when I think it was a Bush was in or Obama, I can't remember. But they actually changed it and allowed them to, to invest and, and on the tips they got from inside, insider trade. Our government's going to, we're going to make sure, we all vote for it, mind you, that the government's going to back this little industry or this big industry enterprise and country so-and-so. So they pass it all, they push it forward, yeah, 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 and then they 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 put investments in it. It's just incredible, it really is, because once it, once any big government invests in anything at all, even if they start losing money, and even if it's if it's scrapped after five years because there's so much corruption involved, uh, they've made a fortune uh, in the five years because government keeps throwing money in, into black holes when there's massive corruption involved and they're behind it. Any other, any other corporation that had corruption in the first year would fall flat on its face. Government doesn't want, will never admit it's wrong, so it just keeps plugging, it, plugging the holes with uh, more cash. We live in an awfully corrupt system, in awfully corrupt times, because it has no grounding anymore. And some would say indoctrination, on right and wrong. We used to have right and wrong. And everybody knew what right and basic right and wrong was. We knew it. You don't need a, a, a holy book to tell you. You really don't. Unless you are a psychopath. We all know when we're doing wrong. You know? We might do it anyway, but we, we know it. You know? So it's, uh, it's, it's rather sad that we're living in a system that doesn't even have at least the grounding of the old moral principles of some of the older religions. And I'm saying, oh my, I don't want you to hear that. Because no. they've all been trained to hate their religions, absolutely hate them, despise them. Because even in, in areas of religion, there's, there's, there's groups at war with each other for dominance over the rest. And sometimes the dominant ones manage to, to indoctrinate you in school to hate the religion they want to remove so they themselves can move in. That's that's how devious the world really is. Most people just see the superficial conflicts. They don't realize what's behind things. They really don't. They really never they never, never fathom out that, that there's different reasons and, and, and a lot more at stake than just lambasting some religion or other. It's all culture wars. It's to do with culture wars. And if, you, and if you've got a dominant culture in the public, never mind the dominant minority, but the dominant culture, and you want to supplant and take it over and dominate it, you've got to destroy it. It's, again, it's beginning like back to color revolutions. You get all these same techniques used by your Department of Defenses in other countries across the world. Destroy the culture is very important. To, to, and most most of the Western wars upon the West have been internal and cultural wars. The folk had no clue. They were taught it was progress. Any enemy can teach you what progress is because they're awfully good with words, you know. That's, there's departments 
I mean, I, ah, it's, it's boring, really, but to me it is annoying because it's, I've read it so often and I've talked about it so often too. But you have whole departments that screwed. They're, they're just like the ones in the movie industry where they go over a script. And when they get a set in a, in a room or something, like that, all set up, there's nothing that isn't debated that you're going to see in that room. From a book on top of a piano or and the title of the book to, to what they're wearing and what everything has to be exactly right for the psychological impact that stays with you and makes an impression on you. So everything is closely debated and discussed with teams. And they've got to have continuity of the script. You can't have the person uh, or a few of them in a room, right? And someone shoves somebody and, and a vase gets knocked over and smashes. And the next scene uh, is they're all kind of making up and shaking hands. The vase is intact again. You know, you can't have that. So you've got continuity. It must blend in with what you saw before. This is how it's all, it's all done in the movie industry and television. But that's how it's supposed to be done in real life too, you see. They, they try to make sure that things flow. And when they don't flow properly, you get people asking questions. Oh, wait a minute, I thought you said so. And that's what you've got all over the map right now on this massive exercise of COVID. Where nothing's... You've even had the main perpetrators. I call it perpetrators. <laughs> the wizards, eh? The, the COVID wizards. Who said themselves, oh, America shouldn't really worry about it last, you know, a year ago. And uh, these are the heads. The heads now... And don't wear masks, they told you. And then they says, oh, wear a mask. Then they mandate you must wear a mask. And you understand... And you must lock down and lose all your jobs forever. Hmm? From the same mouths. What kind of science is this when the facts change like so fluidly? Yeah? It's, not, it's not science. Of course it isn't. And that's what you happen. They don't have continuity of script, you see. Now they're trying to get on them all on board with the same stories across the planet. They're pretty well verbatim from one country to the next. The, the, the examples are given you. Probably made up, but it makes no difference. As long as you all get the same script. Because most folk don't know the reading script. Managed script. And every time you, you've got death rates really immediately following vaccinations. Immediately, in the newspapers, they'll, say, they'll, they'll get handouts. And, and these characters are quite happy to print the handouts from the WHO or CDC. Or, and they'll say, but they've got, they, don't, they don't believe it's anything to do with the vaccination. Huh? One of the, I've got a few video links they'll put up, remember. Go to cuttingthroughthematrix.com for the video links. And... Punch them up because you'll see there's one was a, from a, a nurse, a registered nursing assistant, I think it was, in the States, who's come out and, and, and at the risk of losing his job, and he said he probably will do, but he said he can't stay silent anymore because in this nursing facility where he works for elderly, these aren't senile people, by the way, he said that too. He says they're ambulant and they're talking and, and so on. and and after vaccination, he says they're getting sick and dying. And he can't keep quiet anymore. And he said, and what did the authorities tell him? To, you know, Oh, a super spreader must have come through. He says, well, what super spreader? 
But he says, right up until they get the vaccination, they're fine and they're walking around and talking and some of them are joking and, you know, and down they go and they're dying. But that's the handouts they give to the newspapers. This is the, oh, some super spreader must have gone through there and, you know, absolutely. And it probably has nothing to do with the vaccinations. That's happening across the world right now. And it can only get worse. Yeah. Because it's written in stone that everyone's supposed to get this, this jab here. This is sustainability in action, isn't it? Isn't it really? I read one article recently there that talked about... Oh, it was Norway, I think it was, yeah. About the the deaths in the, in the Norwegian one of the, or the Norwegian homes, I don't know how many homes got the the vaccinations, but it, but the number went from the twenties to to the 90, to thirty three, the magic number thirty three, uh, and then the, the person who's in charge of their health, you know, for for Norway says, well, I don't think it's got anything to do, and and she says, um, or he says, uh, we we know that they were dying anyway. These people are dying anyway. Yeah. No, that that's. Just think back, folks. Even now, no idea for total lockdown and the destruction of your economies. Again, from the behaviour on sites, teams, and the behaviourists, and so on, right? The sage units in Britain. Oh, are, are you, you you don't want to help the old people, so you're you're encouraging old folk just to die by by spreading the virus. Remember that. Well, this is the excuse they're using, right, for the folk dying after the jab. They're from the same authorities. Oh, they're dying anyway. <laughs> they're dying. They can say, oh, they're dying anyway. Why would you be giving vaccinations to folk who are dying when they don't have any excess things on top of whatever's caused them to die before you give them the jab? Why would you, you be closing down economies Crash, gone forever, folks, for most folk. is gone. This, this is the big agenda here for sustainability. Down to austerity. Post-consumerist society. Post-individualistic society. So you won't be allowed to make any decisions for yourself, you see, eventually. So you've closed it all down because, because folk were dying anyway, you said? And so when they get your jab and they die, well, they were dying anyway. Well, why would you close down the entire, when that was the excuse to save them in the first place, to close our economies down? It doesn't jive. Bad script. Yeah. Bad script here. No continuity of script. And it'll increase, as I say. And, and, um, and they've even talked about how, how <laughs> some folk could get turned into breeders after the vaccination. Like fast breeder reactor type things, you know. So what facts are we talking about? They keep talking about science. What scientific facts are we talking about? You, Vernon Coleman and others have mentioned the same thing. Science and facts. What facts? Yeah? What science? The science has to be congruent and it has to be provable and repeatable by experimentation. You can't just walk back and forth, uh, depending on which way the wind blows that day, on the same topic. 
So it's a big agenda, and that's what we live through. Most folk will believe it no matter what happens, even if, if horrible things happen. I mean, really, if it really speeds up, folk are really are, are dropping after, after getting experimental vaccines. Never mind the long-term effects for those who survive the short term. This is the big agenda. And you will get famine because they're closing down the world's farm, farming industry. As Bill Gates buys more and more farmland, he's one of the biggest landowners now. That's just coincidence. They didn't foresee this coming, for goodness sake, eh? The man who has patents out on, on different veggie burgers and things. Even with careful manipulation of figures eh? and statistics again. To try and get up, to come up with more deaths than, than average, say, or for, for average for last year <laughs> to the present time. And they're having a hard time struggling trying to find that. And even if you have a few thousand extra deaths, they've already admitted that thousands are dying because they can't get in the hospital for other treatments and so on. Maybe that's the reason uh, you've got higher death rates. There's always, you've got to look at everything, folks. Yeah. And that is happening. There's folk dying at home without painkillers. That was that was that did come into the media some months ago without even painkillers. Eh? They can't get to see doctors. Some of them, but lots are dying at home because go on and on and on eh, with this, this agenda. The coordination across the world has been overwhelming in the pre-planning and the swearing in to follow this agenda to the bitter end altogether like a, a gang of thieves or crooks or or worse. Eh? There's no doubt on that. And as it, as it get, gets worse, knowing what's going to happen, they'll make it happen worse. They'll force it faster and faster. That's what they'll do before they'll ever back off. They can't back off now. can't do it. Eventually, there had to be some, some trial for different perpetrators involved as the corruption of so many people involved in, in the scams that have been going on would come out to light to the public. What we're seeing, and this is like how genocides happen too, is that the worse it gets, the more they club together, the crooks club together, they've got to club together. And they would, if it came to it, they would, if there's so much to expose about what's been happening, who's been behind so many parts of it, they, they'll, they would rather annihilate you, all of you, than ever admit it. And do the right thing, and stop before they go too far. And they will give orders to the military to move in. They will give the orders. Well, you already see the police in some countries going way overboard and acting the very way that we used to. See, this is the whole thing with the Cold War being over. Under the Cold War, and even before the Cold War, countries used to always point at some other countries as their, their enemy, whether it was a Cold War or not. And and uh, say, oh, those people, they wouldn't believe how they treat their people, you know. 
and they've got police states, and the police are brutal, and they swagger around and beat the people up and torture them. When that's gone, you see, you forget very quickly, isn't it? See, you think, you think they waited this long before they hit you with COVID and then gave the police authority to see them swaggering around and attacking, attacking people, protesting. It depends who you are protesting, doesn't it? That happened in Toronto recently too. And you literally see a swarm of cops diving on a, one person. A swarm of them. What happened to law and order? What happened to the rules here? And, and what happens when some folk can protest and other folks can't, depending on a few other things, of course. But it's rather obvious, isn't it? And the cops, unfortunately, are, are too keen to get beaten somebody up because they can't beat other groups up. So they beat this group up in, in Toronto recently who are protesting against the lockdowns, right? Which is their right, supposedly. <laughs> But you see these cops literally like a swarm. This is the sort of stuff you used to see in Latin American dictatorships. Exactly the same. Not like, but exactly like that. <laughs> you see? Exactly like that. And it's going to get worse. If you think it's bad now, wait till this year's out. Because you're going to start, they're already talking about scarcities of different things coming. It's designed to go this way. How do you, what, I used to give talks, and what do you think they mean when they say you're going to bring you into austerity? What do you think austerity means? Oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> really? Well, welcome to austerity, folks. I think it was GM re- mentioned recently too that they're not going to produce any more gasoline vehicles. M- maybe even before 2035, but but 2035 there will be no gasoline vehicles, he said. So it's some higher authority, again, it's this deep state, which has crossed the planet, folks. This big cabal runs the world has decided that, uh, yeah, you won't be, again, agenda for the 21st century, says that. There'll be no, eventually no private vehicles allowed. They'll give you the electric cars as a, an interim before that falls apart too because of the cost and so on. The intention is to get you from traveling and to limit travel. All totalitarian regimes do that. And that's also part of the reason for the so-called COVID passports and so on. It's really ways of getting you ready to stay in your communitarian area. I gave these talks 20 years ago. Because the WHO talked about these things, the pandemics broke out, and for future safety of the world, they should have communities and communitarian, they said, you know, communities. You're part of your community, and you get a communitarian spirit. And you'd have public transportation, maybe. Canada's already put a stack of cash in. Under, under, they've been talking about for years on public transport to rural areas. Well, they haven't done anything till now. All the big grants are there. They're expanding the railroad system, too. Mainly for freight, too. Because all the big tractor trailers, eventually, they want off the roads. 
And you won't have to deliver to rural areas because there won't be any eventually. Non-essential, no non-essential personnel living in the countryside. You'll have your big new Dutchess for the for the elite civil servant class, you know, just like they had in the old Soviet Union. That'll be it. And they'll go there for their holidays and for rest and relaxation. It's all been planned out long ago. And you're living through an agenda. I always tell people, don't be misled by whatever name they give to an agenda when it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It's generally a duck. And that's how you go by reality, not by the tech, the simple technique of giving you fake names and different names. We're not communists, we're communitarian. (laughs) Collectivism, eh? And people really do expect to be told by the authorities everything. Like Brzezinski said, surely the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They'll expect the media, because they've been trained to think it's it's authoritative, you see. Not private business. They'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them. Not just their thinking, but their reasoning for them. And that's happened. Very effectively. Like they said with the, the group at Oxford initially and Neil Ferguson, in England, the guy who runs the world by computer models and things, all imaginary stuff, you know, science fiction, really. But he says, well, we're so we're just amazed. He says, we didn't think we could use the same China system of authoritarian rule on the public of the West and in Britain. And they were pleasantly surprised at how fast the people just buckled under and obeyed them. <laughs> wow. There you go. And they celebrated that fact, these, these folk here. So that's your reality. Uh, your reality is given to you, and it is really, it has been on your whole life long. And folk will fight you, and, and I make my own decisions for myself. I, I decide, and I humor them. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's like that old, old joke about the, the, the guy from... U.S. goes over to Tibet, because eh? he's just a wise man over there, a real top guru. And he goes over there, and he meets the old man in the mountain, and, and the old man's sitting there with a beard down to his knees, just staring out there. And he says, he says Master, Master, I've come all this way to, to study under you. And I throw myself on my hands and feet and on my face in front of you. Uh, if you'll just take me on as a student and so on, and the old guy contemplates him and says, it won't be easy, son. You, know, you have to deprive yourself of so much that a young man desires. You know. He said, don't worry, master, I'll, I'll, I'm going to negate everything and just follow the way, you see. So sure enough, he, he's told to go up the, up the mountain there and and stay there for two years straight, just thinking and staring at a rock. And he does that, and, and, and he, he almost freezes to death. And now, oh, when the snow comes, and and he's like a skeleton, and he comes back down and again, and he says, Master, Master, I've done it all. Now. And uh, the Master says, did you did you have visions? He says, yeah, I had visions, yeah, I did, because you hallucinate when you're starving. And uh, he says, go back up again. Do it. So after about the third time up the mountain, he comes back down again. 
and he's confident this time. He says, Master, I've found, I've found the answer to everything. And then the old man says, you have, eh? He says, yes, Master, I've found that. I've come to the conclusion. I've realized you were right the whole along. I had to stay on my own and, and contemplate and meditate. And, and it came to me. And he says to the Master, but Master, tell me to, just to verify it. He says, what is the meaning, of, the whole meaning of life and everything? And the Master says, go through life, cause no harm, he says. Never argue with anybody and keep the peace. And the young guy blows up. That's not the answer, he says. The answer is the river. And the old man says, you're right, my son. You're right. And that's how it really is, isn't it? For most people. When you think you've got the answer on something. No matter how you've been led to it. And you won't even realize most of the time you've been led to your answer. You've been definitely led to your conclusions by the media. And by everything you watch on television. Everything on television. Even your culture and what you dress like as a, a growing up, as a teenager and so on. The dances you danced, the, the songs you sang. Thinking they were yours and they weren't. All, all laid out for you, run by people way above politicians. Batteries of them Planning Implementing the future Watching it Doing studies To see how well it was uh, working How to tweak it Make it work even better With the next generation and so on Do you think That When the communists Talked about dividing and conquering Especially with the generations They would separate everything from everything else Starting With the generations They just happened themselves That youth suddenly became rebellious Do you think that just, just happened Just coincidentally <laughs> Remember cutting through the matrix.com Go into the website Make a note of all the other sites I have these are my official sites. And you'll find out how to donate to me. And you can buy books and discs if you want. You can donate. They're definitely welcome. Because the, the books and the, the discs are going to be a little while yet because there's lockdown here at the moment. But they will get out eventually, one way or another. So cuttingthreematrix.com And remember you can use PayPal Or you can send cash even Moneygram And a personal check It's fine too Some people just send cash And that'll help me just keep uh, Taking it along as we go through The biggest change your life is ever going to experience This is it This is the big one This is your true world war I hope you understand It's a war on the world so send a few bucks my way because it's very important. And it's a battle. It's a battle as I watch all these, a myriad of bloggers just come out of nowhere with all the cash behind them and big money and so on. And I pretty well know where they come from, but there's no point talking about it. No point, really. And they'll use your talks and they'll use your material. And they must do that and then they'll spin it off 
which is counterintelligence. That's how counterintelligence works, folks. Very effective. Your governments are employing thousands of people because they've done this across the world in color revolutions. They put bloggers out, thousands of them, in nations, finance them. They appear to be like the people, saying the right things, indicate a pulse on the on what's popular topics. They, re, they pre, repeat it. Then, they, then they lead it, because if the whole team is behind one person, you know. So they become popular very quickly. Then they spin it off. Counterintelligence. And that counter is the folk who, who stuck to the original facts and stories. They're, they're, they're washed away with the, with the saboteurs, you might call it. This isn't, I'm not supposing this, by the way, this is fact. Yeah. Now back to culture again, eh? I, was, I like to look at old, old movies, old movies. Because you, you can see how it was implemented, the cultural changes before they actually happened in society. You see them trying to push things. And as I say, the, the, the generations were to be separated. The communists were, were saying, don't trust anybody over 30. That was a mantra, you know. But they already created subgroups within society. Now, a subgroup has to do certain things. The first thing is you must, you must create... Um, these subcultures, you might call it, from the main group, the dominant group, in order to separate them from the generations before them. Because the last thing you want is, is for young folk following the previous generations and chatting to them and finding out the histories from them. People who lived through the history are more important than a book. Because real life experience is far more real. It's real. Real life experience, right? And that's how you, you, youngsters would really learn and get their values from, and they'd appreciate too the folk who had gone through hard times. And and again, even still, if they were parents, they they would they would have more respect for their parents too for going through the hard times and keeping going, so that they might come along and live. You know. The last thing you want is peace in the family. The family unit, remember, is a strong institution. Had to be destroyed, Marx, Karl Marx. Also the World Revolutionary Movement, you want H.G. Wells. And so on and so on. Mazzini, Albert Pike, even the poets, you know, like Shelley. They all belonged. Amazing histories, even his, even the wife, the woman he married eventually, and, and who her father was. Just world revolutionary movement. That's what they called it then. So you you, you got to separate the the generation. And what you do? What's a culture? Culture has generally a common, even in a class system, a common costumery. It could, it could be jeans, it could be work pants, whatever it is, who cares? It's not everybody's wearing much the same kind of stuff, depending on your class, too. You, you're living like a nation, you have a language, which everybody would share. That's what a nation has. You have, often, not always, but a religion of some sort, you know. 
whether you believe in it or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is it gave you a lot of your values that at the very least helped to keep you together and help each other out, at the very least, when times are bad. And you also have people who cooperate. Young to the old, old to the young, and so on. You, 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 don't, you couldn't go through life fighting. But suddenly, around the late 50s, out comes Hollywood with all these rebel-type movies. Rebel, young rebels, you see. Just the, for, for Marxism, you see. And what did they have? Well, they... They've got different costume jeans and all that. All that had turned up bottoms on the on the the pants at the time for even jeans, and winkle picker shoes, the, the pointed shoes, eh? Uh, the, the teddy boy haircut, or the you could choose from that to the other druggies, the druggies you see, which were the were the um, beatniks they called them. They were into jazz, long hair, long greasy hair, and jazz. And marijuana, you know, and atonal music, all designed by particular groups, actually, that designed that culture industry and run the culture industry. And even with uh, so all groups, again, they used a different terminology. Anybody older than themselves is called daddy, daddy o. You see, very groovy and all that. And square, you were square uh, if, if you weren't natural. Natural being wild, you see, the rolling stone, round. You have to be kind of round to roll, eh? So you had square, etc. All this terminology to start insulting other part, other generations, you see. And to separate your own generation, because you'd have the in-lingo, the in-language for your group. It didn't come out of nowhere. Most of it was put across to the youngsters through movies. And they lapped it up, and no different than television with all the teenage dramas that they churned out over years with schools and high schools and dramas and churned out the language. Even, even uh, the, the way it was you, new, new um, dialects, even which they copied in Britain, as well as Canada, for parts of the U.S. for California, works very well. Then you give them a music which is, they think is theirs. So yeah, you had Rebel Without a Cause, you had lots of movies like that. They turned out ones in Britain. One, one of them was, was called, uh, no kidding, it was called Beat Girl. Beat, the beat, you know. It's all about the beat. Mm-hmm. So it was the beat girl. And, uh, and the beat girl, you got to see it because it's, it's the British portrayal of, of, in Britain copying what they thought was American techniques, you see, for the youth. So they walk around everywhere, this, this gang of youth, but they're all a bit probably in their late 20s. <laughs> but you're not supposed to think about that. They're supposed to be teenagers, and a couple of them have guitars, which they can play, and it sound like electric guitars, although they're acoustic, and they never plugged into anything, even if they had pickups, which they don't. It doesn't matter. And they had Adam Faith, a guy that they... Like all um, singers, was made to be a star. You see, you they don't do it by themselves. They're they're picked, they're they're groomed for deportment more than singing abilities. The studio will do all the all the rest of the, the magic for for the records. You don't even need a good voice. 
And you'll see Adam Lafay strumming a guitar, never in time with the music because he couldn't play it, and uh, and things like that. But but you'll you'll see them jive everywhere they go. They did this jiving thing. You see, as I mentioned it before, the whole idea for a long time for dancing was to get to hold a member of the opposite gender, something you generally couldn't do in the public. You can you know, but it was allowed uh, during dancing. So then, because again, separation of the genders was part of it. Destruction of the family unit, destruction of um, the man woman bond actually, and and then to promote sex without bonding. That was stipulated, right? Promiscuity, sex without bonding, and once they did that, growing up, it was pretty well certain they'd never bond permanently with anybody after that. You know, that's where we are today. And so the big girl, you see, is young and spoiled and. Um, and always angry, always angry, you see, against her daddy. And uh, she shows it in different ways, you see. And she's always pouting, but always angry, always angry, never happy, but angry, angry. Because that was the same thing like Rebel Without a Cause, always this angry young guy, and it's an angry young female. And she'll do her own thing regardless of how bad it is or how, how negative it's going to affect or even dangerous to her. She's going to do her own thing with the group she was hanging about with, you see. But it, it's, it's amazing to see them try to copy what was put out there for American culture and try to copy it into the British culture by the dress style, the terminology. The, the, it just sounds so stupid coming from their mouths, actually. Which it was. And nowhere in... The movie about these youngsters who just who always had places to go as a gang, so they could dance. And again, getting back to the point about the fact you couldn't hold the partner anymore. You see, you had to sort of shuffle about on the floor, staring at each other's knees. And a few it was like COVID time, you know, six feet apart. This is what they gave you to, to replace something that would help you bond with somebody. All by design. Right? And the folk live through it and they don't know it. They don't know why it's happening. They, they just think it's our generation, right? Eh? Every, every, every generation believes this, this is their generation. Every one of them. They think, they think they're making the music. No, they're not. And whoever is put in front of you that makes the music, it's just a, that there's much actors as anything else in the studio. They're put together to be stars. They're bought and owned and paid for and owned by the folk that make them stars. All that stuff about, oh, they just played in their own garage till they became famous, really? If you played any electrical gear in your own garage, you'd have the cops here arresting you for disturbing the peace in no time at all, believe you me. But that's the kind of myth they gave you all. But at the same time, most of these movies give you a feeling of desolation. That's what you're left feeling, is desolate, you know? Because they were purposeless. The people involved couldn't see any, they didn't even talk about future. They lived for the, the meaningless moment of shuffling around to the next dance place or whatever and, and either drinking or, or smoking dope. This is in the 50s and 60s, eh? early 60s. But never uh, talking about a future. No plans, no. No talking about they'd hope to get out at work at so and so. No, that's never mentioned. So.
some of them even have uh, were their theme was similar. All all of them were similar. All these movies were churned out, and but some of them would even say, you know, with the older folk, we're here to help you, is to to give you meaning, you know, and purpose. And because youngsters, they have them saying in the movie, "What's the purpose of life anyway?" This is part of psychological warfare. <laughs> That's what it's meant to do, is reduce you down to, to that level of hopelessness. All by design. Put up under the guise of entertainment. And this goes on and on, doesn't it? You know, uh, Getting more and more so. As, you know, from every 20 years, it's, they step it up and step it up and step it up until here we are today. They're trying to really phase out any, I would say, heterosexual relationships that could breed children. Because they don't want anybody breeding children anymore. Unless you're awfully rich and wealthy, you know. You don't, you'd even use artificial insemination then, or, or genetic manipulation from sperm and ovum. And have a third party to carry the child, you know. If you wanted to, and you had the money to do it, then the lodge you is something something wonderful. But everybody else is, no, nah, you shouldn't have children. Eh? As I said before, they mentioned the, the Climate Summit. And the Climate Summit they have, this, this conference of parties every year, contains most of the same folk at the WEF, World Economic Forum. It's all big businesses. They're big corporate businesses. Do you think that you just become a CEO by yourself and then suddenly you have a flash of light and you say, I'm on board with depopulation and I'm, I'm on board with having no children for most folk and I'm on board for yeah, bring the population down to a manageable level and uh, and so on. Are you, do you think it just is, that's what, like it's a religious conversion a year or something? The same with with the billion. Well, I just hit my second billion, and then, and I had this flash of light, and I'm I'm part of the Lucky Gene Club now. That's the, one of the nicknames of the group, the Gates, and a few other, other important people. We're not important. We're not even essential anymore. Eh? But that the important people belong to, eh? Yeah. The ones who decide our fate. Well, they're still not the bosses, mind you. The bosses never, are never shown to the public. That way they can live quite happily and quietly. Anyone who shows their faces could be in danger. You see? There were other good groups in the, the 60s and 70s and 80s. But the ones I would say in the, in the 60s and 70s, most of them look rather silly. You know? Even when they mimed on stage. They had this ultra serious look, and they would just shuffle around with their instruments and not even plugged into anything. And just looked silly. The, the overdone coolness was just too cool, you see, until it was rather silly. But you still had some decent musicians and singers that went up through the clubs. And that's where you, they really served their apprenticeships, you see. They weren't in it for the big cash. They weren't getting picked up, at least not initially, at least by those who would pick them, take them over and manage them and promote them and often ruin them. But you had people who literally went through the clubs and, and if you got through the club scene, you know how to please a crowd. You know how you sense a crowd anywhere you go. And if you didn't know how to sense them, you were done for. It was like a death. Eh? 
because uh, a lot of these clubs in Britain were workmen's clubs. A lot of them were workmen, and big clubs, mind you. And if you, they were on a Friday night and you were part of the performers or one of the performers, you had better be good because these guys weren't in there just to listen to, to poetry, you know. And you didn't, when they, once they had drinking them too, it could terrify folk. I've seen people broken, absolutely broken, because they've been trained by, you know, managers or teachers, I would say, for certain types of music that was, would be fine in opera house, but not in some of these clubs. And I've like, seen people cry and run off stage, just devastated, you know. Probably never go back again, but... But that's what you sense if you're going up through the clubs. Other one, other places, there's a, there could be a different mood. That same club might have a different mood the next time or during the week or something. And that's how you learn. You see, these are professionals. And, and lots of the individual singers as well were singing happy-go-lucky songs, you know, boy-girl stuff. And, and it was all quite it's decent. That's what young folk would want to hear about. At least, at least it was then, eh? Then come the seventies, they start to alter. Because on command, don't buy. You understand? You would have a whole bunch of different kind, really different kinds of music, if it, if it, was, if it was natural. You wouldn't have. Oh, suddenly this is popular, and that's all you're going to hear, unless it's directed and managed. Which it is, of course. So out comes the new costumery. You see. And then the long hair came in. And uh, and it got so absurd with the long hair until the ones who were promoting to be stars probably spent more on getting their hair permed than most women did. And I really mean that. You would see it all. Then, then the really tight pants, it was like painted on pants, for goodness sake. Until you had to say, what, what are these characters? You start to wonder, you see. All by design. And everywhere you look, that's all they would promote at one point. That, that, as I say, in a real system, you'd have all kinds of music. Not what they say, this is, this is what's popular, this is what we'll push. No, what's popular is what they make to be popular. Everything else is excluded on purpose. That's the culture, that's what the culture industry does. And its agenda is far bigger, far bigger than have you smile or cry at music. People don't realize that in the later Marxism, they came out of, of a group from Germany. They talked quite openly about the complete destruction of the Western culture being necessary. Complete. Complete. You should look up the meaning of complete because they really meant it. Everything that was sacred, that kept the culture strong and survivable, meaning they could survive as a culture, had to be eliminated, totally destroyed. And this was a family unit, it was a gender, it was everything. It was decent painting, had to be absolutely eradicated. Anything with beauty in it had to be destroyed. Music had to be destroyed, anything with beauty in it. And, and they, again, they came out the atonal music that was horrible. It was like it was like chalk on, on, on and and fingernails on a blackboard. You know, just that's what that's what atonal music does to you. It was intentional, of course. Then you mix it with drugs, and you've got basket cases, which is also intentional. 
everything, all beauty must be utterly destroyed and substituted really with dehumanizing, culturally dehumanizing effects, basically. And it's been awfully, awfully successful again. That's why Bob Dylan, who was first put out there to preach revolution, as under, under folk music, and he, and he was trained to do it, by the way, because even the Department of, of Culture for the America, the guy who was in charge of it way back in the, uh, even from FDR's day onwards, and then eventually the way into Dylan's day, he actually coached Dylan and, and picked him up, coached him, and sent him off to, with certain uh, avant-garde protesters in the, in the industry to learn their techniques and their styles and emulate them, which he did. And so they preached that for a while, you know. The times are a-changing, you know. Revolution, revolution, revolution. Old folks don't stand in the doorways, don't stand in the hall, you know. Parents and so on, don't get out of the way, it's telling you. Times are a-changing. Communism is what it was. And when it didn't really work, eventually they gave up on that part of it, uh, they, they changed his sex, so instantly he's into electric music and he's singing, he's telling the lay, lady lay, lay across my big bra- brass bed, with drugs, all, all the colours you have in your mind, you know. It's, so you got LSD along with it and so on, right? That was, just, that was a change of tactic, which was across the board too, not just him. Because there, there's definitely central commands in the, cultural, in the culture industry, for those who don't know it. And they must make it awfully appealing to the youth, you see. Half the stuff they were singing at that time, the psychedelic era, was, was, was about drugs, of course. Yeah? That was the cool thing you do, is, is take hallucinogenic drugs. And again, which would further destroy sanity, which destroys the individual, and destroys look-around individual and destroys the family and the, the general culture. That's why, look, look at the mess America was in, and Canada and other countries, with the drugs. So many homeless wrecked, thousands and thousands wrecked. Look at Seattle before this all happened with COVID and so on. I mean, tent cities everywhere. And they really started the tent cities with the last financial con game collapse because only people who didn't know that they were going to get plundered uh, were the people who deposited money in banks and had mortgages everybody else knew and they had these sudden tent cities all over the place of the folk who lost their homes and everything else never went away folks they just moved around what's what's left to do when you've lost everything and you can't get work because the economy is not going to give you work anymore well, I can get cheap drugs, can you, eh? That'll help you forget for a little while. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Now you have all kinds and fentanyl all over the place and synthetic uh, cannabis now. Flooding in like never before. That's intentional. That they can't stop that. Don't kid yourself. And at the same time they're doing that, uh, in Canada they've, le- they've legitimized uh, cannabis use. It was big business, you see. 
for those that own it. And they're going, I said this would happen to They go after the smaller producers to eliminate them. So is that the big, the big sharks can have all the business to themselves. But look around you, eh? Yeah, you, you wrecked societies everywhere you go. Same thing happened in West Virginia. And you had that movie came out too. What was it called? Something it was Oxiana, I think it was the documentary. Well worth watching. Rewatching it, folks, or for the first time for those who haven't seen it. And how that whole state was flooded with oxycontin and all kinds of drugs. Whoever, whoever they went in for with any problem at all, they come out with oxycontin. They were getting deliberately prescribed by all. The, they brought lots of doctors in from other countries to make sure they would prescribe it. By the way, which they did. These things don't happen by themselves. And I remember when I gave a talk years ago on it, a few months later, after the whole state was wrecked, actually, you know, the whole generation was wrecked, most of the people, or a good lot, I should say. Then you had um, the admission by the FDA that they'd now realized that Millions of these oxycontin pills and were going through that state per week. Oh, they just noticed. They've been happening for years. This is all by design. The takedown, eh? Don't forget that drugs is part of the, the takedown system for warfare purposes. They used it against Russia by dragging them into Afghanistan, the U.S., Helped to instigate that whole scenario to get the U.S. into Afghanistan, and then had to, the Taliban and and the different groups that worked with them uh, supply lots and lots and lots of drugs that then went back with the soldiers back to Russia, and they had an incredible drug problem there and a heroin problem and all the rest of it too. Not just you know, so you're so this is all by design. That and again, your own Western rulers, some of the the politicians that existed there, were part of the, the the opium warlords that flooded China with opium bales till they gave in. You can actually find them. Huh? They're still very prominent today. The grandchildren, some great grandchildren of these particular people. So drugs has always been used as a weapon of war on societies. It's quite fascinating even to to see all the professionals on board, the psychologists, again, behaviorists, and those who have an interest in changing cultures by manipulating the minds of the people. Much easier to do it in the youth, you know. And they always have done it that way. Pick the youth, uh, introduce certain things, study them intently to see the effects, etc. And when you see that the CIA was definitely involved with the promotion of drugs and discos, and how they even set up uh, one of the major groups, actually they all knew each other in the, in the, in the same circle from university of the Unabomber. He knew some of these guys, eh? and uh, some of them actually talked about it later, some of these targets, that they had been given permission to try experimentation. And they were given Air Force hangars, big aircraft hangars, where they could, they could go in and use some experimental 
situations and invite lots of youngsters and give them certain drugs and then start using the strobe lights when they were trying to wonder if they would introduce them into the discos eventually, which they did, of course. And and how they studied them, how it threw people off balance, altered the brain waves that you had, the actual levels of brain patterns. And to be more suggestible, and, and of course it created a form of hypnosis as well. And it could make them, um, the, the, the people who were under the influence of it all, and maybe even drugs too, it would make them um, more compliant. You could actually do things with them without their knowledge, then they, they would really not really know so, or even have no memory of what really happened, especially if they had too much alcohol or they give them drugs of certain kinds. These are all big behavioral experiments, which they eventually put into mainstream disco dancing. And again, it would, it would further reduce common sense, basically, that, that little bit of you that uh, makes you apprehensive to go too far in any social situation. Al- alcohol does that by itself, of course. It breaks down social barriers to an extent and social behavior, or, or it's likely called inhibition. <laughs> That which protects you is, is the now called inhibition until um, until you do you'll maybe do things that perhaps you shouldn't do. Massive, massive behavioral experimentation went on. And then eventually, of course, into the 90s and 2000 onwards, you had the rave parties where even more psychoactive, more precise psychoactive drugs were introduced and freely distributed, obviously, to the target groups. You would find psychologists and behaviorists eventually employed to, to attend these things and they give them a higher balcony to watch down on so they could study the effects of it all, to intensely study them for future use because they might want to use it on the whole population eventually. You never know because this is how things really happen and how, how they work, you know. It doesn't happen by itself. It's not spontane- spontaneous and... Uh, Sporadic. It's all planned that way and heavily monitored and examined. We are the big test bed for all this stuff by those who claim that they own you. And the ones who do it on you, practice on you, are the ones who, they're the scientific elite who are employed by the dominant minority, like Aldous Huxley mentioned. It's all been done, eh? And it's sad that most folk live through it, go through it all, and they don't even know it. But they've even been through, they think they've made their own decisions all along the way. Basic hypnosis, I've always said, wouldn't make you do something that you would normally do, not do, you see. That's always been the argument, again, with hypnosis, that it's a voluntary compliance. You decide to go under, and if you fight it, you won't go under the same way. And you can't be made to do something you wouldn't normally do. However, you add, if you add strobe lighting into that and the right kind of drugs, you've got a different story, eh? On the go then, you're almost into the MK Ultra phase with psychic driving. And they used all these techniques with MK Ultra and lots more too, like with the strobe lighting, uh, with the drugs, LSD, uh, with electroconvulsive therapy, meaning the they gave them shock treatment all the time, put so, many, so much current through their brains, hundreds and hundreds of these episodes, until they literally um, de-patterned the brain memory, until they had no memory at all, and they re-patterned the memory. This is what they claim they did. 
and one or two of the survivors went through the experience. And one, one woman said, she's Canadian, she said that she can't even remember her previous existence before going into the clinic at all. When she was let out, she couldn't remember any of her, even her own children. <laughs> and that was CIA. The same CIA that set up hundreds and hundreds of brothels in major cities throughout the U.S. and set up cameras and, 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 and recruited the, the prostitutes who were taught how to bring this, you know, to get these guys, bring them home and get them to experiment with different drugs. They would try to introduce new drugs to them to see what would happen to the Johns. Eh? Their behaviors would get manipulated. This, this, is, this, is, this is all before uh, Epstein came along. <laughs> with the big agencies, you know, the big super agencies. So the CIA is involved in this long before. But yeah, introducing drugs into society. Of course, we know that the, the drugs for guns, con game, the Contra, Iran-Contra scandal, and Oliver North and all of that, and uh, how they were dumping uh, the drugs on American society to get the cash for, for weaponry and so on for their other plans of overthrowing governments across the world, the CIA, yeah. You'll never figure them out. Most Americans still think through movies and that they're there to, for them, for themselves. These characters are so far removed from you and their mindsets and what they're all about. They're all almost an alien species, really. Nothing to do with what you think, nothing at all. Now everything you're hearing coming from the World Economic Forum with its planned agenda and its planned society and they mean planned, by the way in every possible aspect of it right down to the population sizes according to countries even areas within countries what they will allow, what they won't allow that's what's to come down the pike and, uh, and again, using technocracy which was based on Energy is a commodity or a currency. Energy. Everything is energy. Food is an energy. Don't forget that too. Very, very important one. And everything you need to live, basically, for basic things like heat or cooling. Uh, even the, the power that, that pumps water from the ground, things like that. Everything's energy. And that's the new currency. And you're unfortunately using lots of energy. And remember, you're non-essential, most of you now. And you accept it as you wear your masks and so on. And, and lock yourselves in your homes. You get in the picture that you're, everything that happens in your life is planned that way. And they know exactly how you're going to behave. Uh, as I say, the great, the great reset of Mr. Schwab or slob, as I'd rather call them, because the man literally looks like something. If you put him and Bill Gates and Fauci in a panel, like a James Bond movie for Spectre, they'd fit right in there, you know. They'd fit right in there with, with a Dr. No or something like that uh, on the panel. Because they all look like, to me, they all look like criminals. <laughs> they really do. They've got that look They're like brutes and so on, all working together in a conspiring against society for their own ends. Eh? That's what it's like living through a, a, a James Bond movie with these characters. All very rich people. That's exactly how 
they were portrayed in the James Bond movies. It wasn't in countries necessarily they were your enemy. It was these richest people forming clubs and had the power to direct nations, destinies, and military might, and everything else about them, because they were so rich and powerful. We're pretty well there. But everything they're doing at the WEF has been micro-tested out before, at least beta-tested out in some form or another. Again, don't get hung up on, on names. They expect you to get hung up on names. As I say, it's like communism. If, if it doesn't call itself communism, you won't associate with communism. If they won't use, use collectivism, you won't associate with collectivism. You're told what to think and who, who call what name to, to whoever they apply it. So you are fascist or the so-and-so's. You've got to understand what you're looking at. Look at the signs and symptoms. It's like a disease. Any good doctor knows not to just use a name right off the bat for the disease. Make sure you go through the signs and the symptoms, the clinical symptoms, before you go into the laboratory symptoms, because then you're more apt to be accurate, very accurate with your diagnosis. That's the old-fashioned ones. You know, they, they, actually, did, they actually did diagnostics on, on their patients, uh, clinical diagnostics. Uh, now we don't need to, all you need now is computers, apparently, and, and computer modeling. But getting back to what I'm saying, beta testing in some form or another has been done in Margaret Thatcher's time when they had the massive unemployment in Britain because they were deindustrializing. And folk don't realize that under the agreements at the end of World War II, under the different uh, plans, the Marshall plans that came out, land lease programs and so on, Britain agreed to basically go under a, a European Union idea from Eisenhower. It was all planned that way in order to get the grants. And so they started the secret agreements in 1948 for integration, starting off with a free trade deal that sounded rather innocuous and harmless, but of course was always intended to eventually go into a full-blown integration. In a communistic Soviet-type system, that, that's really how it's because it's not democratic by any means at all. It's technocratic for sure. And and then again, uh, so they were didn't de- deindustrialize. You see, so they did a lot of deindustrialization, and Britain started to send its companies, big corporations, uh, abroad to across the water, some other countries or, or other, where they get cheap labor and keep manufacturing their their goods and so on. Eventually went to China, as we all know, because the Western countries, those who own the Western countries, planned the free trade agreements with China and gave it the most favored nation trading status title, which allows them to get um, pay no taxes, basically for 15 to 30 years, depending if you renew that, as you can do 30 years out of it for private businesses that went over to China. So we set China up and their factories and so on. But during the 70s and into the 80s with Margaret Thatcher, she came up with, again, this this theory uh, that everyone would balance out itself if you just left the market alone. And so you had the corporate raiders coming in and getting in through the back doors into companies and then cleaning the whole, taking over and cleaning it out. Uh, of all their, of their major um, stock and different things, and get rid of what they would call he- extraneous 
excessive departments, just slash and burn, then resell them. Suppose this lean, lean competitive companies was generally folded after that, you know, that's what happened, the corporate raiders. But at the same time, too, there's massive unemployment. And that's when Margaret Thatcher came out and said there's a generation growing up now who will never see work in their lifetime. Get used to it. She said that in a, in a speech on television. Get used to it. Well, that's that's your basic, universal basic income, if you haven't figured that out, being tested back then. And they observed, again, constant study, you wouldn't believe it, of data, data, incoming data. How, how are the people surviving? Uh, are they surviving? What are the youth doing? Are they complying? Are they, are they getting happily drunk on their excess money to stay at home and all that? And go out to bars or are they causing mayhem? And she said that too. It's much better by opening the bars most of the day. There are than they used to be closed twice a day, I think it was. For a few hours, but open them up, and she's much better if they, they get to, to the welfare money, go into these pubs and spend it there, and get drunk rather than be out in the streets marching, because of the unemployment. All these things have been ironed out, worked out, beta tested. You see, any little problems are tweaked and, and fixed and remedied before they and roll it out again on a larger scale, for the universal basic income. There's, you're living through a long-term agenda. As if things would happen just instantaneously by themselves. Maybe a maybe a, a, a volcano will blow by itself. Even then, it may get some help, or or there's no one that's going to blow. But uh, but things in a major scale, in society, don't happen by themselves without permission and funding and organization and and the training of folk who lead it all, <laughs> even manage all. So it's all been studied before. Remember too the, the beta testing they did with driverless cars in different countries and electric cars in some countries for the years to see how it would work. Islands even, you know, to test them out, things like that, pretty secretively. So everything's done on a smaller scale and then, then put out on the bigger population. And under the guise of COVID, it's wonderful because you, you've got Emergency Powers Act on the go where you can, you can basically declare, it's a form of martial law. That's where you get, you can't have more than four, three or four people meeting in a street together and then, then again curfew times and stuff. That's all martial law wartime scenario, folks. Nothing to do with, with, a, with a virus. Nothing at all to do with the virus. They try to say that it's more contagious at night. Of course it isn't. <laughs> well, you can't meet it when it's dark, you know. Unless you're protesting something. Or unless you're, or you're authorized protesters. <laughs> so you'd be in the right groups to get authorized authorization and to be left alone. Massive agenda, as I say, massive agenda, and uh, so it's all been tested out, including the, the basic universal income, which a lot of youngsters will just jump at. Oh, fantastic! You know, we're we're going to live in uh, quite a decent standard of living. That's what they think, you see, uh, for the rest of their lives, and we we deserve it. You know, a lot of them say we deserve it, and. And they'll rationalize it. Well, you see, they took all the work away, which is true. Most of the work's been taken away. It isn't just as automation and robotization. It was taken away. It was designed to get out to your own country or your manufacturing. That's very true.
but they don't they think that somehow they're going to it's, time is going to stop once they get their basic in, their universal income. It'll just stop and it's like freezing time, and it'll be like that forever. That's utopia again. They're always giving you utopias, but it won't be like that because the cash itself, the value, it is constantly dropping until you need more and more numbers of that cash to buy the same amount of goods and necessities all the time. It keeps, you keep needing more and more of it. And it's designed that way, of course. You can't, you know, it's not designed that you're going to win here. This system is so corrupt and overly managed and we're so incredibly surveilled and monitored that, you know, you can't go on with it this way. It can't go on. See, it's a Tower of Babel. It's held together with uh, all thousands of band-aids over its many fractures caused by its corruption over a long, long time. But then again, those who control it all say, well, we don't have to go on forever. We can, uh, we can eliminate most of the people given the right amount of time and causes to make it happen. See, you're the problem, according to them. You've always been the problem. In the old days, the more they, the, of you that they had, the more they could tax the cash off you and use you for wars and things. They don't need you all so much nowadays. They really don't. They don't need you for industry. They've given it all away to other countries. They don't need you so much for all the wars. We've got a few to fight for the U.S. mainly. And then they'll be wrung out completely. They're handed the tab, then they sink into oblivion and barbarism. That's all planned as well. They'll never once once the US has served the US has served its purpose, it will sink into barbarism, and it'll be guided that way because all the leaders of all, all the different factions, paid by the government, all these different uh, provocateurs, they'll make sure just like they did in Iraq and elsewhere, they'll, they'll create all these different sects or groups and subgroups and have them all fighting each other, and so they can't ever get together as a nation again. You see. That was what Kissinger said the, the plan was for those countries in the Middle East. Do the same thing in the U.S. Served its purpose. You won't even get a thank you. Don't, don't blame you for something and, and hate you and t- teach everybody to hate you. <laughs> You're managed by folk that really, really do hate you. you know, that's, a, that's a fact. They despise you. And, and it's very open from them, too, at times, just how much they do despise. Bill Clinton, remember articles in the paper when Clinton was in, and he was using mainly missiles at the time, cruise missiles, to, to attack different places in, in Iraq when Saddam Hussein was uh, running it all there. But the, the articles in the paper said that Bill and Hillary had given many talks, and they gave little clips from talks they'd given where they despised the military. Is it the military or the people that, that comprise the military that they hate? I wonder. It's like Hollywood hates the countryside. Have you noticed that? All their horror movies is folk leaving the city for a weekend somewhere and all these strange-looking hicks with buck teeth always appear and, and they're monsters and nasty and awful and, and sadists and murderers. Have you noticed that? And, and again... You, the, the, this, this guy Kissinger, this strange character Kissinger, who said, you know, openly, I mean, honestly, from his, I'm sure he was very honest about it, he was saying that the military are just they're comprised of dumb, stupid animals who are used for foreign policy. That's his, these are his words. 
So they don't mind using those dumb, stupid animals for foreign policy. Then they're going to use them again in the coming, this coming wars until it's all finished. Then that's you, you're done for. And unfortunately, it's true, we keep breeding the next bunch of troops and saying goodbye to your children <laughs> for folk who literally call them dumb, stupid animals. If you can't be uh, annoyed by that, at least at least annoyed, you know, or at least a little bit indignant about that, well, it's tough luck, I guess. Maybe everything that they say about you is true, you know. What can you say? If you've lost indignation, what do you have left? Sad but true. Sad but true. They really despise the ordinary people, and especially the groups that they pull the military from. But they're so happy to use them all. It reminds me of, of Rome. See, ancient Rome did the same thing. Britain did it, of course, uh, with this empire. And it would employ and, and create armies within countries that had conquered or occupied from the youth, you know, and gave them smart uniforms in all the countries and discipline and scrubbed them clean until they looked, you know, and gave some self-respect and suddenly they were all important. Then they would beat up their own people if need be or turn on them. If the paycheck was big enough, you know, they never given little medals in it to make me feel better about it all. It's been done all over the planet, over and over and over. Ancient Rome did it, as I say. Uh, Greeks did it at one point too. Though the, the Greeks really had a huge. I mean, Greece isn't just one big nation. It's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of islands as well. Some of them pretty big and big populations. So you're you're dealing with. Empires, as I say, one form or another, either one single big country or at least one base of a nation, and then the rest of them are all satrapies to an extent, which they call dominions. And eventually all empires get drained because they, they, they feed off of the countries that they conquer. Uh, the money that comes back and the resources that comes back from these countries doesn't go to the people who, who are the armies. <laughs> It goes to the folk who own the countries. And when they get so greedy, they collapse from within, and the elite move out, generally, to the next place, and they use a fresh population <laughs> for the same kind of thing. It comes over and over, leaving behind it these drained sponges that are squeezed dry, destitute, broken, and often invaded by the barbarians, as they call it, you know, because nature abhors a vacuum, as they say. But you can also send troops from the countries you've moved into to invade, and they call them barbarians, and then do away with all the people that served you well for however long. Britain did the same thing, you know. And then, then the U.S. has been the, the so-called policeman of the world. That's a title. It's a cover, to an extent, too. Because... It's against everything that people think the U.S. was meant to be. It was supposed to stay out of foreign entanglements, foreign wars, and also treaties. You see, treaties is how they draw you into these wars. Well, the, the U.S. has done nothing but treaties since the time of uh, before World War One onwards, at least. 
and the, 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 that's an excuse to drag yourself into the wars that you want, at least on, from, on, uh, from the viewpoint of those who own America. And they're about to do a whole bunch of other wars now to finish off the big famous list I've mentioned so many times that has to be completed. And whatever you think of Trump, if he's just another front man or whatever, makes no difference. The fact is, um, there was a respite almost for a while, not a complete break away from the usual wars, but it gave them time to regroup and formulate their plans to finish off these wars, which are all you know they're they're part, but they've got Syria to finish off. That I'm surprised it's still able to function. For the mercenary armies paid by the West to, to, to hammer them for years. And they weren't boots on the ground. That was a big thing that uh, was demanded at one point. Boots on the ground to finish them off. And that's where they're going to go now. And Iran as well. You know. As you well know, no, there are no threats. To, none of them are threats to the US. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. And because they're going to phase out uh, the petrochemical internal combustion engine, as they say, they won't really need uh, the, all this foreign oil, will they? So it's, it's for other reasons, as you know. And again, they need uh, the dumb, stupid um, uh, animals, you know, that Kissinger talked about, to fill the uniforms and go off and finish all that off, you see. And then they can pull the rug out from the U.S. and collapse it from within. All, all fits together as like, like you know, chess pieces on the board. The only ones who can't see what's happening are the ones on the board. You see, the ones above it see what's going on, and it's step by step. It's no different to an extent to the small-scale thing that happened on January the 6th in the States. There was no storming of the Capitol building. It was just a, a, a few that, who really were pre-planned to get in there and to cause a little bit of mayhem, although it was mainly flag wave. That's not a revolution, waving a flag here and there, you know. It was set up to be used as that. Then thousands of ordinary folk were there for the legitimate protests outside are all targeted with the same brush as terrorists. You see, that was a, that was always the plan. And, of course, the FBI was in on it, and the CIA was in on it, and, and that's how things are done, folks. It's perception management as opposed to actual what really happens. That's important as Wag the Dog, the movie, you know. That's what it is. It's on TV, it must be true. And uh, the whole idea is to not just demonize a whole section of the U.S., a massive section of it, but uh, to uh, to also get the message that the, the whole system of government has changed, even though it was never really real to the extent you thought it was. But the whole system now has changed. It's not there to really. It's authoritarian now, you see, and a whole section of society is smeared. As I said, it's like genocide. The setting up first you. You've got to name them and dehumanize them and yada, yada, yada. You should target them and step it up from there, one step after another. That's how, that's how you end up with nasty things like genocide. Starts off with name-calling, 
dehumanization, etc. And that's what's being done. It doesn't look good, does it, for that reason alone? But they'll use them, all right. They'll use their offspring too to fill the bodies for uniforms to go off and finish off the war. It's just a sad thing to do, but that's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. Been done down through time, down through history, this kind of thing. And they're despised, the ones who do all the fighting and the killing. Remember, folks, cutting through matrix.com. Go into the website and see how to send me a few bucks so I can keep ticking along here because we're going through history. This is, this is the major thing that's, that's going to happen. This is the most major thing, actually, that in your lifetime, at least the start of it. And you're, you're, they're putting you through it, whether really you like it or not. And at least for those that want to know what's happening and can handle it, I'll put the information out there. And occasionally give you a few tips on how to survive. It's not a matter of just saving cash up. It's kind of pointless right now. But the most important thing is uh, a few friends here and there to help each other out. Because as they restrict more and more movement, you'll need an occasional person who can somehow, under various laws, regulations or whatever, is able to get out and do certain things. You'll need them to get basic simple supplies or whatever you happen to need to just live and survive. You'll need that kind of thing. And also moral support. You've got to help each other out during this. Don't, you can't sit and and, uh, and really hope that government's going to come and help you or send some ridiculous social worker your way. It works for the government and the state. You need to have real people who don't see you as a number on a card, you know. That's what you need. So, cuttingthroughmedias.com and send me a few bucks and be, I'll try and get the books and discs out shortly. Even though I'm under lockdown here, under this nonsense of lockdown. And um, the more testing they do with the faulty PCR test, that's why they picked it. The more cases I'll have, of course, who come positive, false positives. They admit that even at the WHO, the World Health Organization. They got these false positives, and but that's why they picked that test, folks, and that particular idea of a virus, which they still don't have uh, separated and contained. An actual example of this virus is all done on computer simulations, you know. So send a few bucks my way, and hopefully we can take along and get through all this together, because uh, as I say, it's not pleasant, and we're not going to avert it, because as I say, it, it took years to plan this. What's happening now? Years and years to get everybody who's now in charge of anything in in place for this time period. It's all sworn to work together in advance, obviously. And then they're they're in true lockstep with each other, just like the exercise lockstep, 2010. So, uh, yeah, send a few bucks away and hopefully we'll, we'll keep going through it all now. The Great Reset, right? The elite had planned years ago to, to use climate change as the excuse. Not flying saucers, nothing else would work. We weren't, weren't interested. We wouldn't believe an alien invasion, like I said, Ronald Reagan and the rest of them. And uh, nothing else would work. So they, they hit on the idea of the climate. If we could convince the public the climate is really changing because they're causing it to change, because your, your habits and there's too many of you and you're warming the planet and all the rest of it, then 
They could start to enforce through agreements, again, through their agents and governments across the world. They could, they could enforce laws in that would then force you to comply with the laws and stop breeding so profusely, even though you're hardly breeding at all in the West, at least the, at least the, the, the basic native populations. And they could redu- really drastically reduce the population and the consumption of the, of the world, especially through energy, because energy, they say, is what makes folk healthier. You understand that? Energy makes you healthier. I mean, you're healthy and you've got energy and so on. You can have businesses, you can work in businesses. And then you might just breed. Oh my goodness, you might breed for goodness sake. So they didn't want that. So if they can start pulling out energy, stopping you having so much, uh, then you'll be shivering in your homes and you'll die faster in in the winter in some countries. Or you'll cook in some hot countries in the summer. And you can't cool yourselves. It's all worked out that way. And then, of course, if you draw the energy away from food supply and agriculture, then you'll have famines, and uh, then you'll, you know, start dying off very quickly then. I'm not kidding you, that's just how you do it. This is not fantasy here. Years ago, I read the articles from some of the planners that gave you the culture you're in today. They, they gave you the, the, the promiscuous culture that would come. They made it happen in the 60s. They talked about it in the 1940s and 50s, the ones who had met together in big, big world meetings. They talked about depopulation then. Bertrand Russell talked about, you know, we used to you depend on wars and plagues and famines and the like, he says, you know. And, but even that might not be fast enough. We need, actually, he said it'd be better if we have a black death every one or two generations. A plague, you know, disease, to kill off a, a goodly number of the people. <laughs> and this guy's in on the planning of the future and that we're living in today. He and many like him, by the way, he wasn't the only one, for goodness sake. You have to look at the associations he belonged to. And then this Club of Rome with the top CEOs of corporations across the planet, who even the oil companies are on board with eventually doing away with oil. That means they're not going to lose a penny. You know that. As they as they go off in the other areas that were made essential, there'll be no other. You understand totalitarianism also is that when you see res- choices being restricted. Oh, I'll, I'll heat with gas, I'll use oil, I'll use this, I'll use that. When you see it restricted, don't you, one, one thing, you're in trouble. Something else is going on here. Because monopolization is power over people in any area. So anyway, yet the hit on the idea of COVID is better than, as I say, than, than climate change. It was just too slow climate change, you see, we were ignoring them. They said that at the last meeting. Uh, last year's meeting, or in that 2019's meeting, they said it was too slow to do something drastic, and bingo, COVID came along. Eh? You think it just happened by itself. <laughs> so now they're going to combine them both together, eh? and they actually celebrate and get, oh, we're back on, on with the climate change agreement. Oh, yeah, and we can force this through and force that through, and along with COVID. Eh? So this article here is pretty good. It says, after COVID, Davos or Davos moves to the Great Reset. And that's Global Research in Canada came out with this one. 
and everything as I say, you know, take everything with a pinch of salt until you investigate what they're saying. I mean, with everybody, that's how you should be, folks. You know, I know folk who won't look into anything to do with any kind of religious thing, and because of that, uh, they miss an awful lot of information you, you won't get anywhere else. It's the same with, with far left and far right. I'll look into them all because it's interesting to see <laughs> what they're coming up with. You've got to, to get some kind of overall picture of something. Then you come to your own conclusions based on all the data. You know? So this article here says, With the USA Biden presidency, Washington has rejoined the global warming agenda of the Paris Accords, with China making loud pledges about meeting strict CO2 emission standards by 2060. Now the World Economic Forum is about to unveil what will transform the way we all live in what the World Economic Forum head Klaus Schwab calls the Great Reset. Make no mistake, this all fits into an agenda that has been planned for decades by old wealth families, such as Rockefeller and Rothschild. Brzezinski called it the end of the sovereign nation-state. David Rockefeller called it One World Government. George H.W. Bush in 1990 called it the New World Order. Now we can better see what they plan to impose if we allow. So the Great Reset of the Economic World Economic Forum is a 21st century rollout of a new form of global total control. And that's it. that sums it all up. This is a lot lengthy article, by the way. But I'll put it up. And uh, it's worth reading for sure because uh, it contains a lot of just the basic facts, you know, not not speculation, but it's facts. And this is what they say: we only have one planet, and we know that climate change could be the next global disaster with even more dramatic consequences for humankind. We have to decarbonize the economy. <laughs> That's everything we need to survive in the short window still remaining, and bring our thinking and behavior once more into harmony with nature, declared the WEF founder Schwab about the January 2021 agenda. The last time these actors did something at all similar in scope was in 1939, on the very eve of World War II. At that time, the Rockefeller Foundation financed a top-secret strategy group working out of the New York Council on Foreign Relations. It was known as the War and Peace Studies and headed by America's Haushofer, geographer Isaiah Bowman of Johns Hopkins University, naturally. <laughs> Before uh, German uh, panzer tanks had even rolled into Poland, they were planning a post-war world where the United States would emerge as the sole Victor and replace the British as the global hegemonic power. Formulation of a US-dominated United Nations and Bretton Woods monetary order based on the dollar was part of their project. In 1941, as America formally entered the war, the CFR group sent a memo to the US State Department, which said, if war aims are stated which seem to be solely concerned with Anglo-American imperialism, they will offer little to people in the rest of the world. The interests of other people should be stressed. This would have a better propaganda effect. This is what they said. That successful project has been framework of what Henry Luce in 1941 called American Century. 
Interesting, eh? And lasted until quite recently. Now, those same families, again, including the Rockefeller Foundation and the Rothschilds in the person of Lindy Rothschild, Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican, are moving to create the next generation in their pursuit of global domination. It's being called the Great Reset. It requires global government, a plank significantly endorsed by the Jesuit Pope Francis. Its public relations man, Klaus Schwab, is a self-admitted protege of Rockefeller's inside Insider Henry Kissinger from their days 50 years ago at Harvard. It's just a small world, you see. You know. In May 2020, as the coronavirus had caused global panic lockdowns far beyond the initial outbreak in Wuhan, the British Crown Prince Charles, together with the World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab, unveiled what they gleefully named the Great Reset. Remember Prince Charles? This is an aside, he, he also was the one who kicked off initially. He was a front man for the public-private partnerships, where the public would pay for all major things in society, and the private corporations would end up owning them for nothing. That's really what it, it means. Eh? Getting back to the article, it says, um, which they call the Great Reset. Increasingly, world political and, and business leaders are using terms such as the Great Reset or the Fourth Industrial Revolution and the call to build back better, which the Biden administration prefers. They all are anchored on the same set of dramatic global changes. The U.S. Green New Deal and the EU-European Green Deal are all part of it. The most striking fact about the agenda of the Great Reset is that it's being advanced by the same giga-rich plutocrat families responsible for the flaws of the present world economic model. They, not we, have created ruin of organic fields and nature with their roundup glyphosate and toxic pesticides. They have ruined the air quality in our cities by the transportation models they force on us. They created the free market model. By the way, you do know it's Rockefeller Foundation that really promoted that they take all the trams off the roads years ago in the cities so that the, the car industry could take over. You know that, eh? So since they created the free market model of globalization that has ruined the industrial base of the U.S. and the industrial EU nations, now as they blame us for the, the, an alleged catastrophic uh, emission of CO2, we're being conditioned to accept guilt and be punished in order to save the next generation for Greta and friends. Behind the seductive rhetoric of the powers that be on creating a sustainable world lies an agenda of raw eugenics depopulation on a scale never before tried. It's not human. In fact, some call it transhuman. In 2016, the World Economic Forum head Schwab wrote a book titled Shaping the Future of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. In it, he describes the technological changes coming with the Fourth Industrial Revolution of 5G smartphones, Internet of Things, and artificial intelligence that link everything to everything to make the most banal decisions for us, such as buying more milk or turning down the stove. At the same time, data is centralized in private corporations such as Google or Facebook to monitor every breath we take. And that's, that's literally look what they're about <laughs> with the 5G. It's complete surveillance, folks. You know. That's the Internet of Things. I mean, they talk about nanoparticles getting sprayed over cities. Remember all that? They all communicate, etc. Schwab describes how new generational technology is already being rolled out by Google, uh, Huawei, Facebook and countless others will allow governments to intrude 
into the hitherto private space of our minds, reading our thoughts and influencing our behaviour. Fourth Industrial Revolution technologies will not stop at becoming part of the physical world around us. They will become part of us, said Schwab. Today's external devices, from wearable computers to virtual reality headsets, will almost certainly become implantable in our bodies and brains. The links, by the way, for his statements are here, eh? I'll put them all up. I always put up the articles that I, that I read from, or that I use. And he said, Schwab adds that the Fourth Industrial Revolution will lead us to, to what our world will lead us to is a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity. Among those functions, our fusion technologies are active, implantable microchips that break the skin barrier of our bodies. Schwab explained these implantable devices will likely also help to communicate thoughts normally expressed verbally through a built in smartphone and potentially unexpressed thoughts or moods by reading brain waves and other signals. I don't know about you, but I'm not eager to have the state of Google read my brainwave. <laughs> uh, and that's something, eh? If if you if you mention this what you're reading here and all the articles all the links to to what he said are here by the way it's not speculation uh, you'll be called a conspiracy theorist by the very agencies he's mentioned here mentioning Google and all the rest of them yeah this is how simple it is just just brand your conspiracy theorist that, that shuts everybody up <laughs> uh, remember Lenin said that which will win by slogans. Yeah? They just brand you as a smear, a smear term, and that's it. The, the fact you're trying to debate doesn't even get to be debated. The confusing aspect for many of us is uh, the plethora of front groups, non-governmental organizations, and programs which all lead to the same goal, the drastic control over every member of society in the name of sustainability, UN Agenda 2030. That's agenda for the 21st century, remember, 2030 is just parts of it broken up, you see. 2015, 2030, 2045, and so on. It says, nowhere is it more ominous than in their plans for the future for food. After creating the present system of globalized industrial agriculture, agribusiness, a project began in the 1950s by Rockefeller Foundation, the same circles now advocate sustainable agriculture, which means a shift to genetically edited fake foods, lab-made synthetic meats and such, even including worms, and weeds as new food sources. W.E.F. Schwab has partnered with something called EAT Forum, which describes itself as a, de- a Davos for food that plans to set the political agenda. EAT was created in Sweden in 2016 with support from the UK Wellcome Trust. <laughs> Wellcome Trust is an amazing eugenics organization, too, or a history involved in it, too. And, uh, so, and it was funded by GlaxoSmithKline and the German Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research. No surprising, that's an amazing front organization. Eh? And lab-grown synthetic gene-edited meats are being supported, amongst others, by Bill Gates, naturally. The same one backing Moderna and other genetically edited vaccines. Eat works, amongst others, with Impossible Foods and other biotech companies. Impossible Foods was, this is the name of Impossible Foods, was initially co-funded by Google, uh, Jeff Bezos, and Bill Gates. Recent lab results show the company's imitation meat contained toxic glyphosate levels 11 times higher than its closest competitor. There you go.
so 11 times more higher glyphosate levels eh, than its closest competitor. In 2017, EAT launched FRESH, F-R-E-S-H, a small e, food reform for sustainability and health with the backing of Bayer AG, one of the world's largest or the most toxic pesticide and GMO producers that now owns Monsanto, the China-owned GMO and pesticide giant Syngenta, Cargill, Unilever, DuPont, and even Google. This is the planned food uh, future under Great Reset. Forget the traditional family farmer. You understand this is totalitarian system by the same groups of people all working together, owning everything that you need to survive. You get that? And what they're going to give you is a substitute for survival because this stuff is not going to be good for you either. In his 2020 book on the Great Reset, Schwab argued that biotechnology and genetically modified food should become a central pillar to global food scarcity issues, issues which COVID has exacerbated. He's pushing GMO and especially controversial gene editing. He writes, global food security will only be achieved if regulations on genetically modified foods are adopted to reflect the reality that gene editing offers a precise, efficient and safe method of improving crops. Gates, a project partner with Schwab since years, has argued the same. This means for, for years, has argued the same. Eat has developed product affairs to as the planetary health diet, which WEF champions a sustainable dietary solution of the future. But according to uh, F- uh, Frederick, I don't know if it's Frederick or Frederick Leroy, a good science, a food science and biotechnology professor at the University of Brussels, the diet aims to cut the meat and dairy intake of global population by as much as 90% in some cases and place it with lab-made foods, cereals and oils. Mm-hmm. Like everything else with the Great Reset, uh, we will not be given a real choice in food. Eat notes, notes that it will be forced on us by hard policy interventions that include laws, fiscal measures, subsidies and penalties, trade rec- reconfiguration and other economic and structural measures. We will all be forced to eat the same synthetic diet or starve. Well, I guarantee you, when they say we, you know, we, they don't mean themselves at the top. <laughs> this is just a hint of what's being prepared under the guise of COVID-19 lockdowns and economic collapse. And 2021 will be a decisive year for this anti-human agenda. The introduction of artificial intelligence, robots, and other digital technologies will enable the powers that be to dispose of hundreds of millions of workplaces. Contrary to their propaganda, new jobs will not be sufficient. We will be becoming increasingly redundant. It says this all seems too surreal until you read from their own descriptions. The fact that the cabal of the world's most influential corporations and billionaires sit on the board with World Economic Forum Kissinger student Klaus Schwab, along with the head of the UN and of the IMF, with the CEOs of the world's largest financial giants, including BlackRock, Blackstone, Christine Lagarde of the European Central Bank, David Rubinstein of Carlyle Group, Jack Ma, Richard billionaire in China is proof enough that this great reset is not being done with our true interests at heart, despite their silky words. This dystopian agenda is 1984 on steroids, and COVID-19 was merely the prelude. You see?
So I'll put this this article up and you can read it for yourself. Um, it's got the links in it, as I say. So these are made up statements by Schwab or anybody else. These are from their own own talks. Uh, now Z Z warns Davos Forum against new Cold War. This is the this is their usual or back to war with China stuff, you know. Don't forget the same characters that we just mentioned in the last article that that are running the world's food supply and it set China up to be the manufacturer for the planet. Do you really think they're going to have a war with them? You gonna fall for that one? Uh-uh. One thing that the elite love is their own existence. You understand that? They really like to be alive. And if they were setting up a nation to be the sole producer of pretty well everything you need for the planet, which they did using our tax money to do it all and fund it all and so on, and all your politicians signed on to it and passed all the laws to make it all happen, by the way, do you really think they didn't go to war with them? And risk being annihilated themselves, all the elite. Forget it, folks. Come on. And I'll tell you another thing too. I'm pretty sure they, they own China as well. I'm telling you. I always think too of the of the Council on Foreign Relations. When in so many of their articles, they talked about China as the model state for the world, meaning we've already copied China. Do you really think they'd be worried about China going going rogue? When they, we set them up using our tax money and, and laws to make it all happen. They, and they couldn't foresee what might happen. Do you really believe that? So this article says represent the only major economy to record economic growth last year. Well, it's the only pretty well manufacturer on the planet. Xi uh, presented himself as the defender of multilateralism, as he did at the same forum four years ago when Donald Trump was about to assume the U.S. presidency. So anyway, it says uh, Z seemed to have the message for Trump's successor, Joe Biden, who entered the White House just a few days ago, but who's not addressing the annual World Economic Forum to build small cliques to or start a new Cold War to reject, threaten, or intimidate others, only push the world into division. Z told the world's political and economic elite as the Biden administration plans to revitalize global alliance to counter China's glowing influence. Anyway, this is, I can't be bored reading this article here because it's really, uh, China didn't make itself. They, d- they didn't make itself, folks. They couldn't, you know. We paid for it all, you know, to happen. Another one, too, from Global Research is worth reading, too. It's an e-book, by the way, the 2020 Worldwide Coronavirus Crisis, Destroying Civil Society, Engineered Economic Depression, Global Coup d'etat, and The Great Reset. Uh, I'll put this link up too for those who want to go through it. And it. It does, you know, stick to the basic facts of things happened. And there's nine chapters in it. And it highlights certain things too. It says we're at the crossroads of one of the most serious crises in world history. We're living in history, yet the understanding of the sequence of events since January 2020 has been blurred. Worldwide, people have been uh, misled both by their governments and the media as to the causes and devastating consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
The unspoken truth is that the novel coronavirus provides a pretext and a justification to powerful financial interests and corrupt politicians to participate the entire world into a spiral of mass unemployment, bankruptcy, extreme poverty and despair. Remember the last article too was about them depopulation and so on. Well, this mass unemployment, bankruptcy, extreme poverty, and despair. that's a prelude to it. That's, what, that's the road to it of what we're talking about here. More than 7 billion people worldwide are directly or indirectly affected by the coronavirus And the COVID-19 public health emergency under the WHO auspices were presented to public opinion as a means solution or a solution to containing the so-called killer virus. If the public had been informed and reassured that COVID is, according to the WHO's definition, similar to seasonal influenza, that's what they said, folks. The fear campaign would have fallen flat. The lockdown and closure of the national economy would have been rejected outright. The first stage of this crisis outside China was launched by the WHO January the 30th, 2020, at a time when there were five cases in the US, three in Canada, four in France, four in Germany. And I don't even believe that, folks, because they hadn't isolated the darn virus even from China at that time, never mind anywhere else. And they weren't doing the mass testing. To try to find the quote cases, you know, I mean, nobody's ill, but you, you, you particles of maybe particles of a virus in you, maybe. <laughs> so anybody with breathing difficulties in a winter time scenario or into spring, when you have colds and flus and that, are all being put down as COVID. Still are, by the way. There's no flu anymore. Eh? It's disappeared. And then you have, um, do these numbers justify the declaration of a worldwide public health emergency? And by the way, they changed the, the laws on, on what a pandemic is. Uh, so they did away with the numbers. You had, at one time, you need thousands of, of, of numbers of real cases, bona fide cases, before you could declare a pandemic. Now we just did away with that. So a three or four will do. <laughs> what, a, what a con game. So the fear campaign was sustained by political statements and media disinformation. Because again, so much has to be accomplished, remember, by it, right? So much. And then you have um, people that are frightened. They're encouraged to do the PCR test, which is flawed. A positive PCR test does not mean that you are infected and or that you can transmit the, transmit the virus. The real-time PCR test is known to produce a high percentage of false positives. Moreover, it does not identify the virus. What, what good is that? And they're not doing clinical diagnosis. What's the size and symptoms that you observe in the patient? It doesn't matter, you see. Well, the patient seems fine. <laughs> in February, the COVID crisis, that's last week, was accompanied by a major crash of financial markets. There is evidence of financial fraud. Again, it's the reset. March 11, 2020, the WHO WHO official declared a worldwide pandemic at a time when there were 44,279 cases and 1,440 deaths outside China out of a population of 6.4 billion estimates of confirmed cases based on the PCR test. 
And then it goes into the history of lockdowns and all the rest of it too. It's a long, long, I'm not reading it all naturally because it's nine chapters, but you can get it yourself and read it for yourself too. It, it, it's a good way to, you've got to keep some of these articles for posterity because they, they show you step by step uh, what's happened. During the crisis, folk are, are so geared to the latest daily news, they forget yesterday's news. So they forget the whole story leading up to something and how it happened. The formula, as I call it. Now here you have this article too about Davos. And it says, Empty Streets in Davos as the World Economic Forum holds a virtual meeting. And China's Xi takes a shot at Biden during a Davos address and all the usual gossip that they add into it. But it says that the streets of Davos are normally crowded at this time of year as influential leaders from around the world gather here for the World Economic Forum at their annual meeting. It says, but this year we'll be different. Instead of gathering at the Swiss ski resort, the world's great and good, great and good, right? We'll do so virtually due to the coronavirus pandemic. With the global economy deep in crisis, there is no shortage of topics. Soaring unemployment, again, it's going to plan, soaring unemployment and debt levels growing in income inequality and climate change. There you go. And it says here, we have practically assembled the same high level and also amount of global decision makers for politics, business, society, as we usually do in Davos, said WEF Chief Klaus Schwab in an interview with Reuters. Because on you see, what makes Davos different is that you do not just have some heads of state or some top business leaders. You have practically everyone who counts coming together, he added. See, that's all the, all the ones who run you, your lives, eh? Everyone who counts coming together. See, you don't count. You're just a little peon. But the Davos uh, agenda will feature a participation from heads of state and governments, chief executive officers, civil society leaders, global media, and youth leaders from Africa, Asia, Europe, and the Middle East, Latin America, and North America. Don't forget, they pick children, and they train them for future leaders at the WEF. You know that, too. So WEF is pinning hopes on normally or normality returning and plans a face-to-face meeting in Singapore in May, an actual physical meeting they're going to talk about. We should begin in, uh, it says the World Economic Forum at the moment kicks off on Monday, January 25th, ends Friday, January 29th, so it's done. But everybody who matters is there, remember, you know, you, you don't matter, you know. All the folk who really run your lives, and this so-called democracy, who's kidding who? <laughs> What's it take to be sick of COVID if you're not by now? Shame on you, eh? Shame on you. And that's by the usual, you know, the hell in the handbasket. You know. Helena gets really ticked off at these kind of things that are going on. And it says that the above title is not a reference to any form of supposed infection from the ever elusive COVID-19. Simply a question regarding how much lies and deceit does it take to make any rational person decide that enough is enough. Why are people so accepting of something which is clearly not manifested in any realm of reality outside of their brainwashing box glowing in the corner of their living room or domestic prison habitation? That's where your home is now, isn't it? Domestic prison. Human beings seem to have lost the ability to view the world through their own eyes and blindly accept the world of known liars, and they are known liars. 
from all quarters of the political spectrum and the pseudo-medical talking heads and mainstream media. And humanity is bogged down in a quagmire of electronic bombardment using techniques and methodologies which are not beyond their understanding. They simply do not want to admit the obvious truths to themselves, and it would seem that they are far happier bitching to their spouses about another bloody lockdown, it says, than actually coming to what's more and more an obvious conclusion. They've been duped, duped, and duped time and again by the same talking heads in politics, the medical pseudo-profession, as it stands now, and the media for the past year. It's a good enough article, because that's what it's all about, isn't it? When you really look at the facts coming out with the WHO, when they admit that the testing that they're doing is full of holes, absolutely full of holes, with lots of false positives, which makes which makes thousands of people eventually, over the course of a year, getting getting going to quarantine for no real reason, you know, and stuff like that, of course. But they need the numbers. That's why they do all the oh, ten thousand more being tested, and we're rolling out more testing all the time. And then we get cases because of the testing. And as I've said it before, if you want COVID to go, we stop testing, and it'll go off on, on its own. Yeah. Quite simply. And it's true enough, too, that, 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 that even some of the top uh, scientists in China have had to admit in interviews they haven't isolated this virus. Neither has the West. They can do computer models on it and computer screens, but that's about it. And you have to really wonder, eh? You, you really do have to wonder, you know. And because China supposedly gave the sequence of the genetic makeup immediately, and I remember that article... It's all based, it's all punched in a computer, and they say, ah, we'll see it now in the computer, okay. Mm-hmm. Another article here, too, is uh, the Corman Drosten Review Report. Uh, very uh, important article, yeah. and this is curated by an international consortium of scientists and life sciences. So this is a review report. Uh, it says, uh, at all, at all uh, Euro Surveillance 2020. This extensive review report has been officially submitted to the Euro Surveillance Editorial Board on 27 November 2020 via their submission portal. Enclosed in the report is a retraction request letter signed by all the main and co authors. First and last listed names are the first and second main authors, all names in between are co authors. External peer review of the RT, it's a real-time PCR test, to treat SARS-CoV-2 reveals 10 major scientific flaws at the molecular and methodological level, consequences for false positive results. And it's got all the different people involved in it signed it here too. And then here's the abstract. In, in the publication entitled Detection of 2019 Novel Coronavirus by Real-Time PCR, your surveillance 25-8-2020, the authors present a diagnostic workflow and RT, real-time qPCR protocol for detection and diagnostics of 20, 2019 and COVID-2 uh, or COVID-19. 
this 2019 cove, now known as SARS CoV 2, <laughs> which they claim to be validated as well as being a robust diagnostic methodology for use in public health laboratory settings. In light of all the consequences resulting from uh, this very publication for societies worldwide, a group of independent researchers performed a point by point review of the aforesaid publication in which all components of the presented test design were cross-checked and the real-time PCR protocol recommendations were assessed, uh, WRT, good laboratory practice, and three parameters examined against relevant scientific literature covering the field. The published RTQ-PCR protocol for detection and diagnostics, 2019 COVE, uh, COVE and uh, the manuscripts suffer from numerous technical and scientific errors, including insufficient primer design, a problematic insufficient RT-PCR protocol, and absence of an accurate test validation. Neither presented test nor the manuscript itself fulfills requirements for acceptable scientific publication. Further, serious conflicts of interest of the authors are not mentioned. Finally, the very short timescale between submission and acceptance of the publication, 24 hours, signifies that a systematic peer review process was either not performed here or problematic pure quality. We provide compelling evidence of several scientific inadequacies, errors and flaws. Then it goes into, into some of the, the, the meat of it all. So the paper will showed numerous serious flaws in the Corman-Drostein paper, the significance of which has led to worldwide misdiagnosis of infections attributed to SARS-CoV-2 and associated with the disease COVID-19. We're confronted with stringent lockdowns which have destroyed many people's lives and livelihoods, limited access to education and those imposed restrictions by governments around the world and are a, are a direct attack on people's basic rights and their personal freedoms, resulting in collateral damage for entire economies on a global scale. There are 10 fatal problems with the Corman Drosten paper, which we'll outline and explain in greater detail in the following sections. Then they go into them too, and uh, since the focus here should be placed upon two stated aims, development and deployment of a diagnostic test for use in public health laboratory settings, these aims are not achievable without having any actual virus material available. I'll repeat that for the harder thinking. It says, these aims are not achievable without having any actual virus material available, e.g., for determining the infectious uh, viral load. In any case, only a protocol with maximal accuracy can be the mandatory and primary goal in any scenario outcome of this magnitude. Critical viral load determination is mandatory information, and it is in uh, Christian uh, Drosden's group responsibility to perform these experiments and provide the crucial data. And a viral load, you see, is, is what they do, to do, how they work out infections. It's not a matter of just getting an infection. You can, you can all, a person can pass through an infected ward of any kind of infection, but most bacteria or viruses need a particular load, I mean, number of, of, of the actual uh, infectious uh, bacterium or virus to actually overcome the body's system and, and be able to take over the body, basically, and infect the body. If it's not high enough, you say, then it's a good chance it won't take off on you. Your body can, can beat it off and pretty well immediately, you know. 
And that, that also ties into biowarfare. The, the stuff that I read years ago, when I was on the radio, about biowarfare and how they'd bred special mosquitoes as an example, is that one of the best things for spreading disease. Uh, and they, they created the big, they called it a bomber mosquito, the nickname in Canada at uh, Belleville, Ontario, a lab where they bred, bred, I don't know if they still breed them there or not, I think they still do, but, and they would send these big mosquitoes off to the biowarfare departments in the US and elsewhere, in Canada too, actually. And, um, and they, would, they could load them up these mosquitoes with heavier doses, you see, of, of viral or bacterial loads so they could spread the disease. And actually, it, it would take, as I say, there's, there's enough of the actual load in them to take in, uh, when the, the person was landed in a person and bit them. So anyway, that's, that's where that comes, a viral load, right? And we don't have any information of an actual, actual virus a lot like a, a real virus here to determine what the actual load is for causing infection. You understand? So you could have particles of infection of, of, of different kinds of viruses that'll, that'll show up as positive for COVID even, and uh, it doesn't mean you're infected, or even with that particular virus. And it says, nevertheless, it, it, it says these in silico sequences were used to develop a real-time PCR test methodology to identify the aforesaid virus. This model was based on the assumption that the novel virus is very similar to SARS-CoV uh, coronavirus from 2003, as both are beta coronaviruses. The PCR test was therefore designed using the genomic sequence of SARS-CoV coronavirus, the first one, right, as a control material for this Sarbeco component, which we know this from our personal email communication with uh, one of these co-authors of the Corman Drossen paper, this method to, uh, to model SARS coronavirus 2 was described in the Corman Drossen paper as follows. The establishment and validation of a diagnostic workflow for 2019 coronavirus screening and specific confirmation designed in absence of available virus isolates or original uh, patient specimens. Design and validation were enabled by the close genetic relatedness to the 2003 SARS coronavirus and aided by the use of synthetic nucleic acid technology. The reverse transcription polymerase chain reaction, uh, as a PCR, RT-PCR, is an important biomolecular technology to rapidly detect rare RNA fragments, which are known in advance. And the first step RNA molecules present in the sample are reverse uh, transcribed to yield uh, DNA, cDNA. The, the DNA then amplified in the polymerase chain reaction uses a specific primer pair and thermostable DNA polymerase enzyme. The technology is highly sensitive and its detection limit is, is theoretically one molecule of DNA. The specificity of the PCR is highly influenced by the biomolecular design errors. And says what's important when designing the RT-PCR test in quantitative RT-PCR test described in the Corman Drossen publication. And it goes into it says uh, the concentration of primers and pros must be of optimal range. It must be specific to the target gene if you want to amplify. It must have an optimal percentage of GC's content relative to the total nitrogenous bases, minimum 40%, maximum 60%. And uh, for viral diagnostics, at least three primer pairs must detect three viral genes, preferably as far apart as possible in the viral genome.
in the temperatures next that must uh, occur, in, you know, and it goes on and on. So they go, in, they go into the minor concerns with the Corman Drosten paper, and then the major concerns with the Corman Drosten paper. But it's quite interesting to read it through. This is just the start of it, it's quite a long article, by the way, against another keeper for those who want to keep history, at least uh, before they go into the next system of programming and computers and types of computers that will do away with all the old stuff and it goes down the memory hole, <laughs> unless you put it on paper or something, which is what they do. That's why they came out, keep coming out with new versions of, of basic computers. This other article here is interesting, really interesting too, and uh, it's a brief examination of some facts related to mass vaccination. And this is by uh, Gilad Atzman. He's, uh, I think he's from Israel, and he's a, a musician. He's, he's jazz mainly, but he's spoken out about many things too, and um, he's not shy in saying things. So this is a case of Israel leading the world by far in the mass vaccination contest. doesn't leave much maneuvering room for skeptics. Since Israel launched uh, its vast vaccination campaign in December, it's been witnessing an exponential rise in COVID-19 cases and deaths. So since it launched its, va- its vaccination campaign in December, it's now witnessing, right, an exponential rise in COVID-19 cases and deaths. This is the same you're finding across the world, by the way. But now the British mutant, they call it the British mutant, has become Israel's dominant COVID strain. Israel's health system is on the brink of collapse, it says. It says, in my article, Guinea Pigs United, I pointed out the rise in cases and deaths correlates with the distribution of vaccines. Okay? In Israel, the Orthodox Jewish communities that were vaccinated en masse saw COVID cases rise 16-fold. While Israeli Arabs, who are at large, refrain from vaccination, saw numbers of COVID cases dropping sharply. So the cases suddenly appear after vaccination. Mainly that protein they're putting in you is, is really what's... Is, 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 if they didn't have COVID before, they're now creating it with the protein, you understand. And you start making it in your own cells. So you're sure you're going to be test positive with it. Look what happened in Australia there. There's, oh, they've got false AIDS positives, you know, it's... And then hush that one up very quickly, you know. That's a downer, you see, for big, big business, eh? See, but Israel is not alone. Some other states have followed a similar path and their situation is becoming as catastrophic as the crisis we witnessed in the Jewish state. See, I would love to to believe that it's not too late for Britain to postpone the current mass vaccination campaign and closely examine the possible correlation between mass vaccination and mutants. Because you become a breeder with whatever they're putting in you, you start to breed something, eh? For those who wonder, I'm not against vaccines or modern medical practices, but I do contend that before a nation decides to inject a new substance into its muscle, it may want to verify what this substance is and what are the exact implications involved. It's crucial to verify, for instance, where the rise in lethal mutations that we have seen in Britain is related to mass vaccination. And the vaccine trials that have been taking place in the kingdom since the summer, the rapid change in the age of COVID-19 cases, which we see in Israel and Britain, also correlates with mass vaccination. Do we know uh, what are the implications of vaccines on pregnant women or embryos? There's another thing too. It's hardly a secret those who seem to be enthusiastic about the vaccines are also claiming to be in favour of good science, or even real science as they often refer to it. 
The statistical facts that are related to mass vaccinations are not very promising. Examining, examining the situation in the countries that are engaged in mass vaccinations, such as Israel, Britain, US and the, the, the UAE, reveal that these countries witnessed a clear decline in COVID cases and deaths during late November and early December. However, just a few days after those countries launched their vaccination campaigns, numbers of COVID cases and consequently deaths went through the roof. In comparison, you should also examine the case of Britain's neighbours, such as France, Belgium and Holland. These countries are subject to similar climate, urban conditions and demography, yet COVID's curve in these countries is completely the opposite. COVID deaths and cases that were in decline since mid-November, early December, are still dropping till now. None of these countries saw a sharp rise in cases, let alone deaths, in the given period December and January. As I was writing these lines, I informed that Portugal is also facing a COVID crisis. A brief examination of its latest data revealed that its COVID curve is identical to Britain and Israel. I obviously assumed that the current sharp rise in COVID cases is somehow related to the vaccine. A quick internet check revealed that Portugal started its mass vaccination campaign this 27th December. As you can see in the graphs below, until that date, the numbers of COVID cases per day were, was in a clear decline. Yet three days after mass vaccination campaign started, the numbers of cases started to grow exponentially. Portugal's health system is now on the verge of collapse. This is after the vaccinations, right? The situation is identical with other countries that favoured mass vaccination path. Both British and Israeli governments report almost once a day about some positive signs that may suggest that the end of the pandemic is just around the corner. These news are usually supported by claims about a decline in cases. Needless to, to mention the reports on the ground usually contradict those optimistic suggestions. But since we are in scientific mode, let's examine the statistics. A quick glance at British and Israeli numbers reveal that these numbers of new cases in late January in sharp decline, and that seems to be positive news, yet the number of deaths daily keeps climbing. This is very worrying. <laughs> and it says, however, a quick examination of other European Middle Eastern COVID statistics in countries such as Austria, France and Germany, and Jordan reveals that the graphs representing numbers of new cases and daily deaths are almost identical in shape. How do we then explain the peculiar anomaly that's reported in Israel and Britain, a decline in cases on the one hand and a sharp exponential rise in deaths on the other? One clumsy possible explanation is that in the mass vaccination countries, less people are contracting COVID. Yet for those who do, uh, the virus is far deadlier. Interesting, isn't it? This would mean that, that if the vaccine is producing some positive results for vaccinated, such as immunity, the general impact on the whole of society is pretty devastating. The number of deaths is growing rapidly. Another explanation, which I believe is far more likely, is that both the British and Israeli governments are conducting less tests, see, to get to lower numbers. This obviously leads to a reduction in the number of new verified cases. It may look good in the Guardian and the Jewish Chronicles headlines, but unfortunately it doesn't stop the disease or its lethal impacts. And I have to add to this too, remember they didn't do the, the challenge test. It was in the papers that mentioned that a few weeks ago, um, even in the States. And Fauci mentioned it too, that they'd, that he decided not to, to use the volunteers that they taking the shots. Huh? The young, healthy volunteers. And I don't think they had any older folk there 
And interesting too, that was supposed to be the, the, the major group they wanted to save was older people, they claimed at the time. But anyway, they said that they, 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 uh, they, they wouldn't use, they said, the challenge tests because they didn't want to make any of the, 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 the test subjects ill. Well, it's the only way you find out if the vaccine works. It's to eventually expose them, as you would do animals or humans, to a live virus. Well, if you don't have a live virus, you can't expose them, I suppose. But anyway, let's get back to their part of it here. Um, Here's the problem with vaccinations. You can get incredible, I mean, this term that they use, the cytokine storm, is, is the, the, the more, it sticks in your head, that one, is, is it's more uh, dramatic. But it's true, you get vaccine-enhanced respiratory syndrome attacks, you know, where literally your immune system goes into massive overdrive, way over what it needs to destroy something. When you may even get a cold, a cold is a coronavirus, remember, it's a type of that family. And there's many others ones too, there are a few classified, but there's many, many more than the ones that were classified. And so you would normally not even react to some of these things, but now your body is hyper, under. it's like total war to, when it senses, the, and, and it floods your lungs with all kinds of antibodies and antihistamines and so on, and a massive blood flow, that in itself is dangerous. When it hits the lungs, you know. And don't forget, too, we've already had cases where some folk got flu shots in some country, like Spain before, had experimental flu shots free last year, right? Or, or the year before, just, just building up to 2000 and coming out 2020 to 2019 to 2020, they got a free flu shot, maybe two of them. And that can prime you again to actually getting what they then called COVID. We've had the same thing happening with even types of flu strains. You get more susceptible to one than the other. It opens you up to it. So, you know, this is incredible that they went this length without challenge testing the, the, the volunteers. So the real challenge test happens on the general public. Well, that would cause the deaths, folks, after getting the vaccinations. I'll put the one up from the... the, the Certified uh, nursing assistant, I think it is, who works in one of these homes, who came out and talked about it. And you see, you can't believe they're, they're just dropping, they're dropping like flies. And within days of getting the vaccination. And he says the hospitals are covering it up, everybody's keeping quiet, as, you know, and, and he can't keep quiet anymore. Put a link up. But this is, this is the, the numbers are there. You, you'll see it, as I say, not just in Norway, but in other countries too. Now, if this is well understood to be happening, you've got something else going on here when authorities are allowing it to continue, when they know what's going on. This other article, too, is, is the censorship now. You know, that's what you always get, too, in genocide. You remember that as well? You demonize a segment of the population as, as the most dangerous to your society. You know? We all know what's going on here with FBI and, and so on, different groups involved with them. They've been doing this for years, actually, even for 9-11, before 9-11 happened. Suddenly they would target these, these just white folk. You know, all white folk were getting blanketed as, as evil and, and supremacist, absolute joke, supremacist. You know. When so many organizations had been found out before that were set up by the FBI in massive sting operations 
then they'd point to them as though it was real. No, no, these are, they're fake, eh? But they've definitely targeted a section of society, no doubt about it. And that's what you do in genocide. Target them, convince the rest of the population that they're a danger to society, you see. Stigmatize them, dehumanize them, and then you after them, eh? You also stop them having the ability to, to speak, get a voice. They can't put anything into newspapers. And now it's, it's all electronic now. Eh? So they can't communicate the, what they, the, what they, how they see things or what's happening to them to anybody else. So you go, just the, just the aggressive voices uh, accusing them of everything under the sun. And it's all to, to be fed to the general population in preparation for what you want to do to them, you see. So that the people won't care, and we've seen this. This is these monopolies were set up as as the, the global authorities. You know, the, the authorities gave you um, the characters that you think are, are, are self-made billionaires. They're not self-made billionaires at all. They're front people for a massive agency that runs the world. So YouTube nuked. This was nuked two videos of a Senate hearing on COVID nineteen treatments. Hmm? A Senate hearing, right? Senator Ron Johnson said YouTube, which is owned by Google, removed two videos from a Senate hearing about COVID-19 treatments from its platform on Wednesday. Social media censorship just ratcheted up to a new level, and Google's YouTube removed the videos of doctors testifying under oath at my U.S. Senate hearing on early treatment of covid Said Wisconsin, right, Republican uh, wrote on Twitter, another body blow to freedom of speech and expression. Very sad and scary. Where does this end? Well, guess where it ends. Apparently, doctors at Google know more about practicing medicine than heroic doctors who have the courage and compassion to actually treat COVID-19 patients and save lives. Said Senator Ron Johnson, January 28th. And he goes on about the different ones like ivermectin and so on. And, and the doctors and doctors' names who testify about their efficacy of, the, of these particular treatments and so on. YouTube told the Federalist that the, this uh, organization that runs this site, the Federalist, that the video was removed for violating our COVID-19 misinformation policy. <laughs> So the removal of the videos is just the latest and alarming trend of big tech giants using their power to censor or silence information they don't agree with or like. Earlier this month, YouTube announced a ban on all videos shedding light on voter fraud in the U.S. In the, most, uh, in the recent presidential election, initially the video platform removed only videos declaring widespread voter fraud, but now the enforcement of the updated policy will include removing and issuing a strike on the channel of the user who posted the content and strikes on YouTube prevent users from uploading, sharing and live streaming uh, on their channels for a, a minimum of a week and can even result in a full ban. And that's your, that's your new system, folks, of total censorship in a totalitarian regime. Well, that's what it is. You see, democracy, real, real democracy is just too messy Untidy for authoritarians, you see. Can't have that. So it's been taken away from you. Macron in France, right? 
not have any, I don't think anybody has any faith in this guy at all or much. It just doesn't work as expected, it says. Macron questions vaccine credibility as the EU approves AstraZeneca jab. So the battle's raging over the safety of vaccines Friday as the EMA insisted that AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine was safe before um, approving it for anyone over 18. French President Emmanuel Macron has just expressed serious doubts about the jab's efficacy, just as Europe's second largest economy is supposedly struggling to convince citizens to, to take the vaccine. <laughs> folk don't want it. Forget all the polls, folk. Folk don't want it. The polls are meant to make you jump on, but oh, if, all, if they are all wanting it, then I should do it too. That's where they're designed. That's what polls are for. Yeah. The corn off the masses, eh? Just before the EMA's expert committee unanimously recommended the vaccine to be used on all adults over 18, concerns were raised this week that not enough data exists to prove that the vaccine works in older people. And those concerns were amplified by Macron, much to the chagrin of some fellow EU leaders. He said the real problem with AstraZeneca is just that it doesn't work as expected because we have very little information, Macron told the, the, the reporters. Europe has still, still approved the jab on Friday, despite widespread doubts and criticism about whether it's effective. Too many bureaucrats were apparently anxious of the delay in the bloc's decision to approve and roll out the vaccines. Even the mainstream press acknowledged that concerns had been raised about the, the vaccine's use in elderly patients. The trials upon which the EMA based its decision found that the AZ vaccine was roughly 60% effective. No, I would doubt that at all. Macron added the US hasn't approved the AZ jab yet and added that France was waiting on the EUA's decision. Still, the president didn't sound particularly enthusiastic and his remarks followed an independent commission advising the German government's findings that the AZ Oxford vaccine shouldn't be used on people over 65. Well, they're dying, you see. The comeback too from the from the, the from the vaccine come. Well, you see, they were dying anyway. Well, if they're dying. Anyway, why are you giving them the jab? If they only got days or maybe a week or two, why are you giving them a jab? That's dangerous to them, and and, and they're dying after it. Eh? And why use that excuse when when you blamed everybody back last year, who wanted to get back to to normal and, and get working and have an economy and so on. Oh, well, you want to, you, you you want to kill the old folk. You you don't want to, you just stop working and, and give it a break and let the old folk live. That, that's how they try to guilt you, you know, guilt trip you. But it's okay when their vaccines are bumping them off. Well, they're dying anyway from the same sources. Hey, eh? science, eh? Yeah, it's science. So again, bioethics. I mentioned this before too. We've had the article of suspicion in Canada. Because we're, we're very progressive in Canada. We don't mind killing folk in hospital. Eh? If, they, if, they, if they fulfill certain criteria, maybe a certain age, maybe they're, they're not too useful in society. Maybe they've got one or two little elderly problems, but nothing, nothing much. But doesn't you know, why, why waste money on them? Eh? And so they offer you euthanasia in Canada, yeah. Anyway, COVID doctor charged with killing the weak to save the strong. This is bioethics and operation, eh? So he's a primary care physician from one of the hardest-hit regions in Italy. 
arrested for lethally injecting weak COVID patients to free up beds during the peak of the pandemic. That's the excuse they give here. I wonder how much money you got per patient, by the way. <clears throat> so Dr. Uh, Carlo Mosca's online pa- patient reviews describe a loving humanitarian. Well, humanitarianism is humanism, you see. Probably, I mean, probably meant humanism as opposed to humanitarian. Who saved countless lives before the coronavirus pandemic struck Italy. So patients and their families lavish praise on the loving father. Oh, here we go with this guffy. Something clearly changed in Moscow as the pandemic raged on. The 47-year-old was arrested on double homicide charges this week, accused of killing weak COVID patients and doctoring their medical records in order to free up beds for other patients. Moscow describes the allegations as baseless, claiming that the overwhelmed healthcare system is the reason the patients died. During the first months of the pandemic, Italian doctors were faced with horrifying decisions in deciding who to, who to give respirators and other supplies to, often deciding who lives or dies based on their chances of survival. So they're deciding, according to, I guess if you're essential or not, eh? essentially letting the weak die due to lack of treatment, but what Moscow is accused of taking is one step further and killing the patients himself. They've already exhumed some of the patients that died, <laughs> and they were buried, I guess, as the prosecution built a case against the primary care physician using text messages amongst nurses who watched the once-loving physician transform from Dr. Jekyll and a sinister Mr. Hyde, although one very likely overwhelmed. Here they go with excuses by the sheer magnitude of the human tragedy around him. <gasps> the investigating magistrate in the case has suggested that Moscow was a victim. Oh, goodness, I didn't realize that. He's a victim. The ones who killed the patients are victims, see? In the throes of extreme stress originating from having to face the growth or the growing influx of COVID cases. Mm. According to the court document, I wonder if it would happen if he was in charge of a prison camp. <laughs> same, they have the same excuse then, eh? He was overwhelmed by the sheer numbers coming in. The replication of the extreme conditions that led to his crimes made it probable that he resolved to administer, if we hear the go guessing again, this is a defence here, prohibited drugs to the most serious patients in order to speed up their death thereby falsifying the data contained in the relative medical records. Simply withholding treatment would have allowed the patients to linger for weeks to months. By injecting them, the prosecutor wrote, Moscow could more quickly free up the much-needed bed. So that, that's a good reason enough, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> Authorities are now combing through records of all these dead patients to search for anomalies in the treatments and deaths, and they don't rule out exhuming further bodies. Although the majority of them who died were, were, were cremated. I'm sure you knew that too. Eh? So anyway, it says, um, here's what he used eh? it's for, to kill them. It says, nurses say he started directing them, the nurses, to inject lethal doses of succinylcholine, it's called succinylcholine, and propofol, which are often used when intubating patients into, into COVID sufferers who were never meant to be intubated. Right. Using the drugs on non-intubated, this is the, the ventilators are talking about. Using the drugs on non-intubated patients causes them to suffocate. Because when they put uh, the, you on ventilators, that they have these drugs because your 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 body will retaliate. You're getting some put down your trachea, your breathing tube, right? 
This, then, and the machine is then going to breathe for you against your natural ability to breathe yourself. Your, your, your body's tr- trying to inhale and exhale, and exhale and so on. And it all stops with this thing and these drugs. So these drugs stop that part working so that the machine can take over. If, you don't have, if you're not hooked to the machine and you give it these drugs, you suffocate. Your own breathing mechanisms stop. And your ribs won't con- con- contract, you know, uh, intercostal muscles and so, to, to help expand your chest, to suck in the air, etc. And, and your diaphragm doesn't move down. So this is very deliberate. This isn't some little oversight here. And during the months of March and April, before a nurse confided Moscow and threatened to report him, orders for both drugs grew. Orders for both drugs grew by 70%. <laughs> he was ordering the stuff that he was using. Uh-uh. As things grew more frantic, the nurses started exchanging worrying messages that now form the prosecution's case. At least one confided to him about his state of mind. Did he ask you to administer the drugs without intubating them? One nurse wrote, I'm not killing patients just because he wants to free up the beds. This is crazy, wrote another. When the nurses started to, to refuse Moscow's orders, he allegedly started injecting the patients personally, asking the nurses to leave him alone with the patients. Well, they see, the nurses too knew damn well what they were doing before they got panicky. Yeah. Prosecutors say he also wrote false terminal diagnosis on the patient's charts, giving them a more believable cause of death. Well, I'm sure that's been done pretty widespread across the world right now, actually. Moscow has been put on leave from the hospital. is under house arrest until his trial begins this spring. So there you go. It's, uh, it's progressive, you see. You know, Why keep these elderly folk alive, for goodness sakes? Hmm? That's bioethics in action. Don't forget, too, that that uh, I think it's um, Fauci's wife is a bioethics expert. Yeah. You know that too. West Midlands police apologise after officer hauled away a man under COVID laws for refusing to give his name on his way to work. Uh, the cops are just so well. This doesn't bother me because I, I don't get upset with this guy because I expected it. You know, to happen. You can't give uh, unless you you, you have um, policemen constantly. Indoctrinated as to what they're allowed to do, not to do, uh, unless that's constant, 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 then they'll just take liberties, and you end up with a police state, especially under emergency powers acts. They really believe they can do what they want. You know, a lot of them, you know. And so they're they're, they're just stopping folk on their way to work who still have to work, right? And they can't work from home. This is what they say. Well, you, you know, most folks should be working from home. Well, how can you repair a roof? Somebody's roofer is in, from home. Huh? The telekinesis. But uh, again, too, the cop calls the guy a, a, an idiot, you know. This, this is what happens when they, they, as it gets too big for their britches, as they say. Uh, under the COVID rules, people are allowed to travel for work if they cannot reasonably work from home. Well, that's very big of them, eh? Yeah. But this is just one of many things that are happening. Eh? Facebook is developing a tool to help advertisers avoid bad news. Eh? You want to avoid bad news. That's how it starts. Eh? So it's so advertiser. You don't want it, your, your ad being in something that's a downer, right? So it's um, the chaotic nature of the modern news cycle and digital advertising landscape has made it nearly impossible for brands to run ads against quality content in an automated fashion without encountering bad content. See, so the controls will help advertisers choose which types of stories they want, they want to bypass in Facebook's news feeds. Then you give examples. 
Yes, but some fear these types of advertising controls will inadvertently push marketers away from placing ads around news, especially during breaking news. Hmm? So it's a form of filter they're putting in too. And Facebook has committed to developing better industry-wide solutions for how it moderates its content to an industry coalition. Here's the thing. An industry coalition, and the link is here too, called the Global Alliance for Responsible Media. It's called GARM. G-A-R-M. GARM. Eh? And it says what they're saying. Providing advertisers topics inclusive tools, inclusion tools, to control the content that ads appear next to is incredibly important, blah, 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 blah. So they'll be able to basically, in a coalition, basically, it's going to cut people out of the picture altogether. I guess in a form of censorship, obviously, isn't it? Yeah. Deciding what gets seen, what doesn't get seen. Surely it is. <laughs> You wait and see. But then they're already doing that anyway. How long before Washington's demonization of Russia and China and Iran leads to war? Eh? Well, let's just guess. They're already talking about it in all the other countries. Israeli military chief orders forces to step up preparations for possible offensive action against Iran. Uh, and then, uh, why does U.S. Central Command... This is from... Um, Jerusalem Post, now include Israel. Whether or not it ever made sense, the idea that Israel must remain out of central command was now clearly outdated. Now they're in central command. And it also means there will be more U.S. military posture in the Middle East and improve U.S.-Israeli defense relations. So there are definitely wars on the, on the horizon, I would say, judging from all the, all the war talk and all the enthusiasm for war talk as they get back on, on course with their big agenda, you know, for for the list, you know, the list that was published in the U.S. years ago. So Central Command planners should take full advantage of America's military and intelligence relationship with Israel. It was neither necessary advantageous nor historically justified to exclude Israel from efforts by the Central Command to bolster its military plans through regional cooperation. So, it's, yeah, war is definitely on the rise, I'm sure, you know, at least the threat of war. They, you've got to always have boogeymen, mind you, and and uh, they've, been, they've been missing boogeymen for a while now. Exclusive, Proud Boys leader was prolific informer for law enforcement. We know that now. I knew it then. <laughs> I didn't really say anything. But, uh, I, yeah, I could go on and on and on. I wouldn't bother. Because it's too, it's too obvious, really, folks. It's, it really is so obvious, and it should have been obvious to everybody coming out of certain areas that there have been compromised many times over. That, yeah, you've got the FBI and other organizations running the shows, the sting operations over and over. You've had the FBI, who already knew what was going to happen on January the 6th, by the way, the Capitol building. They knew in advance. Now they're boasting about it. And they helped set some of it up too. Yeah, And you'll find an Antifa as well. The leaders of it too are part of it. No doubt about it. And the BLM, I know that as well. And on every side, I always say this, whatever, whatever flavor of protest or, or rebellion you're into, They've got a ready-made system already set up for you, for you. They've got all kinds of flavors of them set up for you already, you know. All you have to do is join them and get used. <laughs>
And so the Proud Boys leader was prolific informer for the law enforcement, it says. And so Reuters and Enrique Tario, leader of the Proud Boys extremist group, has a past as an informer for federal and local law enforcement, repeatedly working undercover for investigators after he was arrested in 2012, according to a former prosecutor in a transcript of a 2014 federal court proceedings obtained by Reuters. In the Miami hearing, a federal prosecutor, a federal bureau investigation agent, and Tyra's own lawyer described his undercover work and said helped authorities prosecute more than a dozen people in various cases involving drugs, gambling, and human smuggling. Mind you, it was picked up before January the 6th, yeah? a few days before or a week before it. And so he, this was him getting, getting him out of the way, you see. As an agent, you don't want the wrong guys arrested and caught. But also is to get his cell, his cell phone, supposedly, with all his contacts on it as well, you see. People who don't, who don't know that they're completely compromised. <laughs> uh, I tell you. So, so he's a, a prolific uh, informant, right? Tyron, in an interview with Reuters, Tuesday did not denied working undercover or cooperating in cases against others. I don't know any of this, he said. When asked about the transcript, I don't recall any of it. Law enforcement officials in, in court uh, transcript contradict Tyron's denial. In a statement to Reuters, the former federal prosecutor in Tyron's case, Vanessa Singh, Johannes confirmed that he cooperated with local and federal law enforcement to aid in the prosecution of those running other separate criminal enterprises, uh, ranging from running marijuana grow houses in Miami to operate in pharmaceutical fraud schemes. So he's a high-profile figure who organizes and leads the right-wing proud boys in their confrontations with those they believe to be Antifa, short for anti-fascism. I'm sure that's run by the FBI too, <laughs> the top, or the CIA at the very least. Uh, so, um, it says Washington police arrested Tario early January, see, before that all happened. We arrived in the city two days before the Capitol Hill riot, that's right. Another thing I should mention, too, is, uh, you know, I won't go into too much detail here, but, and I've always said it, they always give you your leaders. I hope you really understand. I really mean what I say. It's not new that they give you your leaders. It's not a new system. They've been doing it for an awful long time. Just like they give their leaders to, to different Muslim groups inside uh, Britain and the States and elsewhere and Canada. Yeah? And they put out people who, are, who seem to be real knowledgeable with, with, the, with uh, their, their religion and so on and, and their history. And they'll, they'll radicalize youngsters. They attract them into these websites, get to know them all, set them up in sting operations. Uh, with with the, with the authorities being used to set them up, and uh, and then there's then there's all more 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 possible terrorists are caught. You see, and that's what you look at. Maybe have saved this year. Well, they set them up in the first place. It wouldn't have happened by themselves. Probably they're left alone. They they, they create the radicalized ones, yeah, sting operations. So you know you got to really sit back at times and 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 think do some thinking for yourself. It's up to you. Counterintelligence is all over the internet. They've had so many bloggers come out of nowhere that suddenly get all the ratings. That that that's your first clue. You know it doesn't matter what they're talking about, or even, even if it's piffle, they'll get incredible ratings according to, to what the rating. Which is all bogus too, by the way. 
And people will jump on them. Oh my God, the so-and-so is great. You know, they've got all these ratings. Well, what about what they're actually saying? What they'll be saying is, is what's already current and topical and popular. And they grab it. At least the teams but the work behind them grab it. And they'll always be solitary people, but there's teams behind them do this, this kind of work. And they'll say the same stuff as everybody else, and then they'll add their twist to it, which is counterintelligence. Or it'll ridicule it. Then the ones who are sticking to the basic facts that they've copied are tarred with them when they crash it. Oh, you're one of those crazy nutters that believe in, you know, blah, blah. Counterintelligence, folks. And there's so many out there now, so many. But even the big ones were like that from the beginning. Eh? But you realize who set them up. That's how it really is. <laughs> Folk have no idea how deep this is and how vast it is as well. The, the systems of war today are to do with, as I say, possible terrorism. And how they stop all possible terrorism is to literally take it over all, all sources of information by giving you the leaders. All the chat rooms, all the, all that kind of stuff. They give you the leaders until they become the leaders of what you thought initially were, you thought were, were all speaking for you, you know, for rights and so on. And then, but then they twist it off in a different angle and until you're into different, different topics all together, you know, sometimes. But terrorism doesn't just happen by itself. It's allowed to happen when it does happen, eh? and actually encouraged. It's like the first bombing at the at the, the World Trade Center, the first bombing. It was done in the basement with charges set against the pillar near the pillar, I think it was. And that there's a trial to do with it. And luckily, one of the guys who was Muslim had a handler, FBI handler, who actually supplied them with with, with the material, bombing material, and so on. Explosive material, and he says, "You, you, know, you want us to put, use real material? He thought it was going to be a, a kind of test thing, like, like, almost like a test." You see, he says, "Oh no, real stuff." And so the, this this guy taped it all, he, he recorded it all, and it was played in court, by the way, you know, against the wishes of the FBI. But yeah, you actually hear them tell me what to do, and they were set up, you know, for for real explosives. That's how it's done. Uh, more often than you think. And they wanted a real explosion. Real explosions are really bad ones to go off. Then they can turn around and say, oh, it's all these crazy extremists inside the country, or yada, yada, yada. They used to always say it too in the studies, at least the studies that I've read anyway. They'd often say that, um, and firefighters, you get a lot of rogue firefighters who set fires, and then they call in, there's a fire at so-and-so, and then they go out as the heroes to put them out. Very similar, isn't it? So with an FBI, part of their MO is to, is to set up stings and then point to them as though they were all real. And a lot of them wouldn't have happened in the first place unless the FBI had literally put out the people to attract youngsters in and uh, radicalize them then supply them with fake materials to, to cause the, the problems and so on. Think about it, folks. 
But it isn't just there, it's everything that that way. I've been through the traditional anti-communist systems of communication that were set up in the 50s and 60s in the U.S. And the big shortwave programs that are put out there to combat communism, mainly using Christian pastors to lambast communism. That's the technique that they used. And then exp- expanded from there, you know. And as I've always said, the all see- why would the all-seeing eye want to give up any of its tendrils into anything. Well, it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. Now it's into the internet, it's everywhere. They had the internet before you heard of it. All set up with all the, all the chosen leaders. Yeah? All prepared to be your champions. And always to have you give up on starting something yourself, a real grassroots organization, to get to the people. Well, I won't bother so and so's doing all that anyway, you see. But counterintelligence is all over the place. And when you see counterintelligence characters coming out of the same place all the time, well, you think for yourselves, is all I'm saying to you. Think for yourselves, folks. The real target of the big psychodrama on January the 6th wasn't those who went in. It wasn't about those who went inside the building, the Capitol building. It wasn't them at all. The target was always, and before, was always the same people outside who were peaceable demonstrators. That's the target group to be stigmatized en masse as the enemy of the state. That's what that is. That's what the whole purpose of it was for. To, to give some, however thin, pretense of credulity to the enactment of more laws against, you know who, this average people. A whole segment of them stigmatized. Then they'll be censored of all internet, which is what you do in genocides until they can't, can't communicate to anybody outside, you know. And as they're called names, dehumanized, you must dehumanize them first. Eh? And it's not, it's not going to be pleasant, folks, unless folks start, really stand up for themselves. See, that's it, they've had enough of you all. And, uh, and don't be cowed and find other ways to communicate. Don't be cowed because you can't allow people to, you can't allow people to be demonized the way that, that this is incredible hatred coming from the top. Incredible hatred. Of people, because of thousands of folk who are just fed up with the whole darn system and unemployment and lockdowns. And high taxes, and 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 years of being smeared as subhuman by the state and by academia. Of course, of course, they're fed up with it. You can't have anybody having that their voices silenced. I don't care who they are. And that's why you've got to have free speech. No matter how much you might not like it, and there's definitely authoritarian regimes that certainly don't like free speech, absolutely. 
but you've got to have it as part of so-called democracy. So as I say, the, the whole premise, especially in the States, was premised on free speech. They didn't really have that kind of amount of free speech in Britain, I don't think, at any little time at all. Authorities were always rather authoritarian there, but in the States, you're supposed to have all kinds of speech. That's the only way. It's a safety valve, too. You know? Let folk get it out of their system. And everyone, everybody out there listening, has gone through life learning, hopefully. You, know, you start off as a child and you grow up. You have all kinds of opinions as a child, even. And you, then they change as a teenager. Even I hate that term, teenager was invented back in the, what, the 50s and 60s. And then... And then you go into, uh, you get older, and you're, you'll be surprised how many times different things you were fixed on change because it's through experience. You change your opinions. And that's called maturity. You're, you're, you're evolving <laughs> as you live, and, and you're understanding more and more as you start to see through different sides of things, you see, and the whys and wherefores of why things happen. And you also know the con games of those in power or those who seek power, or those who want to overthrow power and take over for themselves. That happens too. So you learn, you learn how it really works. Eh? But free speech is imperative. And folk can't be able, you can't allow anybody to be demonized. You can't allow that at all. Because eventually it's your turn to get demonized and silenced. Jonathan Van Tam tells 5 million vaccinated Brits to stay home for three weeks as they could still spread COVID after you get vaccinated. No kidding. It's Mason science, I say. So um, the Deputy Chief Medical Officer warned it's vital that every person plays their part to stop transmission of the disease. I wonder if they're transmitting it after they get vaccinated, like the other article mentioned mentioned as well. It comes as coronavirus vaccine rolled out UK and it hit a daily record with 1.2 million jabs doled. Oh, I saw someone sent me a t-shirt. <laughs> I quite laughed too. And um, they had a picture of Bill Gates, I think, on it in Fauci, and it says, um, and a syringe, and it says, say no to the prick. And that's a pretty good one. So this one here says, um, the National Health Service figures show that, oh, and they give you, it's, it's like a war scenario, like 1984, which Orwell really showed you awfully well the techniques they use in warfare with statistics. You know, we, we've turned out 500 more tanks on the, for the Malabar Front and, and 2,000 machine guns and blah, blah, blah. So National Service figures showed that 425,596 Brits, Brits received the jab yesterday and a boost to the government's target of vaccinating 13.5 million vulnerable people by mid-fair. Total war propaganda, isn't it? Same techniques, you see. And it says, an article for the Telegraph, Professor Van Tam said, scientists do not yet know the impact of the vaccine on transmission of the virus. Well, that's scientific, isn't it? That's really safe and scientific. Mm. He added, so even after you've had both doses of the vaccine, you may still give COVID to someone else and the chains of transmission will then continue. If you change your behavior, you would still be spreading the virus, keeping the number of cases high and putting others at risk. Also said that the protection takes up to three weeks to kick in. 
and urge people to stay at home where the vaccine is being distributed. So regardless of whether someone has had the vaccination or not, it's vital that everyone follows the national restrictions and public health advice. And the vaccine is rightly something to celebrate. It's a bit early to say that. Let's stay patient, stay at home. And support the so let let's let us stay patient, right? Stay at home as we stay patient. Stay at home and support the NHS as it continues to roll out the vaccine. Uh, terrible, isn't it? What we're, the, the rubbish we have to we have to go through here. And let's go to Dutch curfew riots rage for third night as BBC. More than 180 people arrested in 10 Dutch cities as protesters defying a curfew clashed with the riot police for a third night running. Shops in Rotterdam were looted and police used water cannon as rioters resisted latest COVID restrictions. And uh, said the riots no longer had anything to do with the basic right to demonstrate. And... Um, but you know, it's important. See, the virus spreads at night. It's a stealth virus, you understand. It can see in the dark, eh? It'll seek you out. I guess it's heat seeking or something. And I guess that's very good that you shouldn't go out after a certain time in the evening or at night. There you go. Moderna CEO, US needs to prepare for fall COVID 19 resurgence. There you go. And news of Moderna's vaccines weakened efficacy to the South African strain. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> of the coronavirus is raising concerns amid the ongoing pandemic. Experts have been watching the strain closely, worried, worried it could be resistant to vaccines. Though it's not yet been detected in the US, the country uh, should assume it's already here, experts warn. I guess to say experts is good enough, anyway. So there you go. Or if they've isolated the actual virus, this this strain or not? Is it just is it, maybe it speaks with a different accent? Is, is that what it is? I don't know. But anyway, and don't forget too that most variations of viruses are they're said to be or thought to be uh, become weaker. Actually, it's supposed to be stronger. They don't just say I'm going to be strong, stronger and stronger and kill off all my hosts. They they tend to be weaker. You understand. And that's why most folks shouldn't be too too terrified about it at all. And if you the weaker strain as well, remember that acts the same way. You know, your, your antibodies will develop against it, you know. And so you get a stronger strain, and and there's a good chance that your antibodies will destroy that that as well. That's how it works. That's what that's the basic teachings in virology. No different than if you had the old vaccines, which not the old, the normal. Well, I can't even say normal vaccines; it was normal. But uh, would they get a weakened strain of a virus, and they'd inject it into you, and your body would still see it, examine it, basically. That's the idea behind it, and it would come up with an antibody which would work against the real thing. That's how they're supposed to work. But this new, this new one, of course, the. The, this new type of um, mRNA type is uh, a different thing altogether from the old kind. Forbes Dr. Anthony Fauci, the highest paid employee in the entire U.S. federal government. I won't go through it all too, it just makes you sick, you know. 
is getting richer as, as, as like Elder Eston at that particular level. They're all getting richer as we all go into the, into the grave as paupers. Yeah. Amazing, eh? It's, honestly, this is a great James Bond movie, wouldn't it? With, with Klaus Schwab and, and Fauci and Bill Gates and all the cabal people at the top there and the CEOs of the, all the vaccine companies. It'd be quite quite a good movie, actually. No, you wouldn't believe it. You'd say, oh, that would never happen. <laughs> As this happened to me. <laughs> there you go. Californian dies hours after receiving COVID vaccine as investigation and cause of death gets underway. He hasn't been named yet, this one. Uh, says it had tested positive for COVID-19 late December, but died hours after receiving a dose of the vaccine, local officials says. Now, here's the thing, too. You see, if you'd already uh, had it in your, in your system, you see, uh, and you tested positive, then it's possible your immune system then reacted with the, with the vaccine and one attacked the other, overly so, you know. And it's, it's full of ifs and unclearness. And it's unclear if the person was given the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine. Please say the person's death is being investigated with an autopsy due Monday. But don't worry, it'll be just accident. It'll be nothing to do with it. That's what they'll tell you. Um, and and it's, they're already saying it. This is so scientific, you see. Dr. Dean Blumberg, an infectious disease expert at UC Davis Children's Hospital, has said... He believes the person's death is probably not related to the vaccine. That's good enough, then. It probably, that's very scientific, eh? There you go. He has administered the COVID-19 vaccine several hours before their death, January 21st, 2021, and the vaccine was not administered by Placer County Public Health. Well, they're, they're trying to wash their hands of that already. So they won't tell you much else about it naturally, eh? China's zero-tolerance COVID tactics now include anal swaps. I can remember the days you used to go to a restaurant, you got fortune cookies, you know. Now they, they just, you know, give you an anal swap. So here you go. Um, China is ramping up efforts to neutralize the coronavirus in the area. Well, there's no nationwide policy on the use of techniques. Some residents in China and northern regions where more than 1,700 cases, because he keeps giving swabs out, have been subjected to the swabs with little warning. I guess they'd ask you, they're probably a lie to you, see. This is a physical exercise to see how fit you are. Touch your toes. <laughs> That'd be it, I suppose. Eh? This is, so, so there you go. They've had this given to them without, without much warning. Yeah? The method involves the insertion of a saline-soaked cotton swab about 2 to 3 centimetres into the anus, with the sample then tested for alive traces of the virus by they're getting desperate to find something. More than 1,000 school children and teachers in Beijing were given anal throat, oh, they didn't use the same one, and no swabs last week, along with a separate antibody test after one asymptomatic virus case was the one, one asymptomatic virus case was detected on campus. Huh? So 1,000 school children and teachers were given it because one person who was asymptomatic, right, was tested positive, probably with a, a, with a PCR test too, there's lots of false positives. Can you believe this? I really think, you're being, you're being ridiculed, beyond ridicule. 
I said, there you go. You will have to. Use of the new detection technique is based on research that traces of the virus found in the anus can last longer than the respiratory tract. Deputy Director of the Respiratory and Infectious Disease Department of Beijing, and it says, anyway, and it could be more accurate than throat nose tests. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Still, there's no evidence that virus transmission is any more common among patients who test positive in the anus area. (laughs) And anal swabbing has not been conducted in other places that have successfully achieved near elimination of the pathogen, like New Zealand. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, dear, I don't know. This, this, this is some comedy involved, eh? Somewhere along the line here. I was going to mention, too, some of the movies that I mentioned before is, is uh, maybe years ago. But one was e- Equilibrium, a movie, and a kind of futuristic society where it's a totalitarian society where the authorities, very much like Klaus Schwab, took over the system and ran it to, to keep the people safe and free from from anxiety. Anxiety causes strife and people start fighting over strife and je- jealousies. So so everybody had to take this drug every day, a specific drug that was authorized by the government. And you had to take it or you'd be an outlaw for world peace, you see. And you were, because once you took the drug, you know, you flattened your emotions and stuff. You didn't have much emotions left. And you couldn't read books. That was illegal. Must like Fahrenheit four five one eh? books which stimulated sensations and thought and and emotions would come to the surface and the whole point of keeping the peace was to make sure the emotions did not come near the surface. At the end of the movie, you find out that uh, the Big Brother type character that you see every every day is really just a virtual reality. He died long long ago. I kept on the go for years by the second in command. A good enough plot, and it was well done, the movie itself. And I've got a few other ones. Another one is called uh, Iberg. That's I-Y-E-B-O-R-G-S, Iberg's. And uh, that came out in 2009, I think. Very similar, very like, a world of total surveillance by these little crit- critters, electronic critters that are all over the place spying on everybody. And they can get into your through your window, and they can follow you upstairs, and and spy, 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 and and of course they they, they video and take tape everything, audio tape everything in the dark, and you can't do anything without them really. But the same kind of scenario where they have a president appears and a big brother screen every so often, and and same as same as the equilibrium, he's gone long ago, long ago, and they keep the whole forest going. As it was all real. Lots of movies like that too, but uh, you could be put in there. You understand whether the analogy of it is too that much of what you see might not be real at all. Never mind the fact that, that the movies are telling you that the characters are dead. They could really keep a character going alive in virtual reality forever, uh, as long as you didn't see them per- or get near them personally, you know, to see what they were. I can't see them at all, they're a hologram or whatever. But yeah, they could certainly do that. If they gave you the great leader syndrome, you know. Of course they could. But again, they both portrayed uh, yeah, futuristic societies with drugs and total surveillance mandated by the state. Very much like SOMA.
was mandated in Brave New World. You know? And after reading all these articles, I've got something to go yet too, though. Thomas Paine is supposed to have said, in a quote, right? When men yield up their privilege of thinking, the last shadow of liberty quits the horizon. There you go. Yeah, that truth, eh? Your privilege of thinking. And it is a privilege, especially when you have to fight to get the ability to think for yourself. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to be tested to see if you are thinking for yourself and you've been an enemy of the state if you are. I'm not kidding about that, too. And also, when we put up... Um, the WHO, or the World Health Organization, on herd immunity. Now, herd immunity is what you normally develop yourselves with your own antibodies. And we've lived like this for thousands of years, eh? developing your own antibodies to things. That's how it works. It's so interesting, right off the bat, that Fauci says, oh, no, you know, you have to get a vaccine. It's the only way to vaccine, because they'd practice all this and all their tabletop exercises for years. And... Uh, the WHO had it up on their, their website. You'll see it on this link I'll put up, the WHO on herd immunity, where you, you see them say, defining it for the people. They'll say, well, herd immunity will happen through naturally through the spread and, and people developing their antibodies or through vaccination. And then you show you the date where they took the latter part down, where, where they actually took it to, uh, naturally acquired out, away altogether till it was just, it's, it's caused by vaccine herd immunity. And then they changed it again not too long ago when folk complained and, uh, and added the, the first one back in again, not as strongly as it had before, you know. And it said that, but the WHO still prefers vaccination for herd immunity. Well, if your own immunity develops naturally and quickly too, by the way, in the herd, eh? and there's no side effects from getting it, get your own immunity to it, then what's your problem? Well, the problem is it's just not profitable, and you can't use it as an excuse to lock down the planet. But everybody who's had positive tests, if they actually had it at all, obviously developed their own immune system to get over it. And most of them never even got sick in the first place. So, uh, safety scrapped in COVID trials is another one too. I'll put that one up. Professor Dolores Cahill on the mRNA vaccine. COVID vaccine reactions rise worldwide is another one. This is all verified stuff from official statistics and observation is not for conspiracy theories. Nursing home whistleblower, that's the one I mentioned before. Who talks about what happened, what he's witnessed happening in his own, in the wards and so on, or in his little folks' homes. I'll put these up, remember, for those who care to, to know. Remember, folks, too, cutting through the matrix.com and send me a few bucks to keep ticking along here. And uh, you can get the books in this as well, and I'll get them out as soon as I can get the, the earliest part of the, the lockdown finished over. But in the meantime, you can donate to me and help me go on because, believe you me, most folk wait for other people to donate anything at all. And if everybody thinks that at the same time, then nothing will come in. <laughs> That's what happens. Eh? So it's uh, certainly appreciated. Believe you me, it goes to awfully good use with all the sites that I have. Now, Tony Blair. Tony Blair pushes for G7, right? To back global COVID vaccine passport scheme. Well, I'm not surprised with this. Ugh. 
there's no name for this character. What a slimy guy who, who literally is an international socialist. But again, it's, it's a good cover because he really believes in millions of pounds. He's earned millions since he left government uh, from all the organizations that were formed from all the wars that he got Britain involved in. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be getting money for whoever he's pushing here, too. So it says that uh, he's called on Boris Johnson to use the G7 to push a global coronavirus vaccine passport. Oh, oh. I can remember when, when he, was in, he was put into that quartet to do with aid coming into countries in the Middle East, you know, and the, the racketeering that went on there. Oh, oh dear, dear, dear. He said a vaccine passport would be digital and be able to track your coronavirus status wherever you are in the world. Cabinet Minister Michael Grove has previously said there would be no plans for a passport for those who have been vaccinated. Well, why not? It doesn't stop you getting it or passing it. <laughs> well, facts don't matter, eh? That's a thought that counts. I guess it's a utopic thought. And... Um, Oh yeah, another movie too, by the way It's a human nature in itself Done in a comedy setting And it was Laurel and Hardy did this one One of their later movies Where one of them inherits uh, money from a and, and an island, a small island From a relative And they go off to the island to, to their utopia And I think one of the titles in Britain was, was Utopia for it The title in the States might have been Atoll K Atoll, A-T-O-L-L-K but it's a, it's really amazing. It's so it's everything down pat. Everything happens, and in comes certain people to the island, and some of them are gangster types, and other types want to overthrow the government, which is Laurel and Hardy, and take over for their own reasons and so, so on. One of them wants to eat his pet lobster, you know, Laurel's pet, uh, pet lobster and stuff. But it's really good about human nature and how you know they give up eventually at the end. It's quite good. Oh yeah, the Federal Aviation Administration finalised rules allowing commercial drones to fly without an operator on site and to fly over people now, right? In the States. It's a step closer to commercial use for agriculture, infrastructure repair and eventually deliveries. And the first commercial use will be outside cities with drones helping, helping an industrial. I love how everything's to help you on industrial and agricultural jobs. And these, these wonderful handouts come out from the companies that own them. So it says American Robotics, the first company to get approved. Not all commercial drones will be able to operate autonomously. Decades worth of promise and projection are finally coming to fruition, said Rees Moser. CEO and co-founder in a statement. So, uh, yeah. But, but, you know, really, the whole idea is to use the drones. If it's commercial, there'd be no reason why it's not military or police. You know that, don't you? Don't you? Hmm? Well, you know, the commerce, commerce is doing it. I mean, yeah. So they're going to put safety checks and flights and all that kind of stuff and how they'll still need operators to make sure they all works and so on. FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, asked the Department of Defense for help administering COVID-19 vaccines. Eh? So it was sent to the Defense Department on January 7th. 
going through the sourcing stages like any request for military forces from a combatant's command, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said in a briefing. And uh, it says guard personnel are working at 216 vaccine sites across the country and about 1,000 Department of Defense medical personnel are unprepared to deploy orders if needed to help, said Max Rose. So they're stepping it up. And they, I think, personally, it's just my opinion, you know, what I suspect, as they got to really, that's why they want so many folk done so fast. It was before the, the bad side effects accumulate to an extent where they can't be ignored. <laughs> Uh, that's why I presume that's why they're really wanting so many to get the vaccination. But I'm sure they've other reasons as well. Uh, never mind the fact it's a massive experiment with that type of vaccine given to the public. You don't know what's going to happen too for challenge tests when you actually meet a live virus in the wild, as they call it, the wild virus. What's going to happen? What will happen? Hmm? Well, you have a massive autoimmune response to it that will end up doing more damage and probably kill you. Or what? They don't know the claim, eh? That's quite the science, isn't it? We don't know. But it's the first time in history they've said they've locked down an entire planet, never mind nations, and stopped their entire economies, and locked up all the healthy folk and young people. And the young folk probably won't even get it at all. But, you know, they don't get bored with that. It won't affect them. So locked on all the healthy. Supposedly, this, this, the same sources say to stop the the aged from from getting this and dying, and yet they use the this, they tell you the aged are dying anyway when, when it suits them. When the, when after the vaccination, <laughs> they're, they're dying. Well, it's probably just their age that did it. You know. So, you know, we're locked down for the complete global reset. That's the reason for it, folks. This is the reason for all of this. It really is. And you'll see amazing things happening yet, uh, and, and contradictory stories coming out of the same mouths, actually. The supposed experts. And the months that lie, lay ahead. There's no doubt about it. But this is to change your entire structure and your way of life forever. That's what it's about. And I say, don't take my word for it and look it all up for yourselves. The links are on the stories I put up there. And the stories are generally from authoritative sources. Because you really are living through amazing history right now. Planned long ago, obviously. And spoken about many times before, what they wanted to happen, but they would need some amazing, some major, some major miracle uh, to make it happen. Well, here it goes. You see, they, they're good at making miracles, and that's the system you're living under. It doesn't mean it's all over and finished, eh? And but it means too, though. You're 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 seeing the, the complete force of authoritarianism. You're witnessing. A system now that can get very violent, very nasty, very quickly on populations by authoritative governments. All the, th- the things that you wrote about and thought, oh, well, that's ancient history. And even 
the Russian system, the Bolshevik system, is ancient history, or the Nazis, ancient history. Well, here you're living through the same kind of thing again, with government uh, giving more and more authority to police and military now coming in. Hmm? And cracking down on anybody mentioning anything at all about it. This not authorized to parrot the, the official statements by the official authorized groups. Dangerous times, you know. We can't tolerate that. It, it always ends up in a roller coaster to the bottom if you tolerate this kind of thing. And I never voted for Mr. Schwab or Bill Gates or Fauci or any of these characters. I didn't vote for any vaccine companies or any governments that go hand in glove with them all. Did you? Anyway, take care of yourselves. As say, you got to get your little groups together. Just, just a few people, your few friends. For your, your old, for your survival's sake, because this, this, if this goes on, it'll be the long term. They want it to be for years here, until you're you're living in a regulated morning till night's daily system, ultra regulated, post consumerist society. Not healthy. It won't be healthy. For all their talk of wonderful synthetic foods, it's not going to be healthy, folks. And you're lucky to get it, even that, eventually, if they have their way. This is a big agenda, long in the planning, and spoken about characters who were more bold in their, uh, what they were really after years ago when they published their own books. And they do not love you, believe you me. This is not for you because they love you. They rather despise you. These elitists, these eugenicists, they despise you folks. Keep that in mind. And keep it in mind, as I say, definitely get set up. Don't wait for government to hand out things out to you. You'll need to be able to depend on at least one fit person in a little group that can go out and do groceries, something like that, because things will get worse. Restrictions on travel. Uh, you might not be allowed to travel more than once once a week eventually for something. And then it'll be once every two weeks, every three weeks to, to a month. So you have to rotate each other to help each other out. And what you you know, and you understand where it's all going. That's what you've got to start doing now. Terrible times ahead. And they're crying gleefully at the top of what the, the, how wonderful all this is and all the changes they can make that are on the, the drawing board. Like, it's just wonderful. So take care of yourselves and send me a few bucks, cuttingthroughmatrix.com website to see how to do it. From myself, Alan Waterman, here of Canada, it's good night. And by the way, my temperature last night was uh, minus 25 centigrade, which is about minus 12 Fahrenheit. And it's been that way every night for the last few nights now, maybe a week, and it's not been let up. Because of global warming, you understand. So, for myself, Alan Watford here at Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.